Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our wrestling podcast. So without further ado, the following contest is scheduled for one fall. And today's topic, the WWF legacy of the macho man, Randy Savage. OWP, this is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. Hi. And Cuz. Yeah. Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, the legacy of the Macho Man WWF style. Guys, this is going to be fun. I'm really excited to finally touch on the Macho Man. Uh, If you can just tell by fans even today, Wearing still wearing Macho Man shirts, even though you can't get them always on uh, on WWE. Even though now you can, I actually just picked one up for my my uh, my tickets to SmackDown on Tuesday this week. Kind of excited to see that in Ontario. Uh, got my Macho Man shirt. <clears throat> uh, not as good as some of the ones you've seen out there, but you can tell that Macho Man, even years after he's passed, he is still um, resonating with diehard wrestling fans today. Uh, Jess, tell us about what you think. You know, in, in summation of the Macho Man before we get started, and we'll go to Cuz also. I mean, I we could easily do like a three-hour show like on Macho Man and what he's done and everything. So I'm glad we're talking about him. Don't worry, everybody out there. We're not going to do a three-hour show. Um, maybe one day. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, of course, like this is just going to be good stuff. And he's a legend. And what do you say? And I mean, he's a huge part of our childhood anyway. Like, so it's easy for us to talk about. And for people that kind of just started watching wrestling like during the Attitude Era or a little bit after, you know, I forget how long it was since Macho was relevant. I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, really, WCW 99 was really like the last time that he was really relevant. I mean, I know he came back for a brief second to blink in TNA. And if he blinked, you missed him and all that. But after that, he was done. I mean, there's really he didn't go back to WWE for a nostalgia tour or anything like that. And like he it's been a long time since 1999, you know, it's 20 fucking years, right? Yeah. Jesus. Like that's, that's crazy to me. And I I don't remember off the top of my head. I know you're going to cover it in your notes about what year he actually passed away. But even then from the time he passed away, it's been a long time and I'm glad to talk about this. So if people that have just heard about him or just seen some of his stuff on the network, maybe we can kind of fill in the blanks for you because we're going to talk about, you know, famous storylines he was involved in and stuff like that. So uh, maybe we can help teach people about him because he definitely deserves his story deserves to be told over and over again. Yeah, he and he passed a little over a little over eight years ago, just to give you some perspective on that. God, eight years. Yeah, it's been. um, Yeah, still still sad to think about it because what do you got on the macho man cream of the crop? Freak out, freak out. Well, just like the Ultimate Warrior, like I said, and Hogan, the same guy, you know. <laughs> He's not just like the Ultimate Warrior. No, no, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the, just Those were the three guys that got me into wrestling, and I remember, you know, just, just as much as the Warrior, I remember all the Macho Man promos, 
of course, the colors of his outfits that, you know, as a kid, I'm like, ooh, colors. But yeah, man, one of my one of my favorites, my favorite promo, my favorite, you know, favorite on the mic, probably next to next to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good it's going to be a good episode. I, I think there's several I macho. There's several Macho Man promos that are cut <clears throat> that you could sit new wrestlers down and say, this is how you do it. Yes. You know, it's uh, quite impressive. He gets the word across. He gets the plug, whatever he's, he's energy plugging, gets that across. The he intensity. Put, he puts his per, he puts his face over if he if he's the heel because he puts it over in a shitty way. He knows how to do it. He knows what he's doing or he knew what he was doing. And uh, and then let's not even get started with the with the ring technician work <sighs> work shit that he. Yeah, it's it's pretty much on match when you put all that package together with maybe a few guys that can get close to that to that overall package of mic work, ring the work, facial expressions, man. Yeah, he, in the ring, he lived. Selling. He lived. He lived. Macho it's man, fucking great. You know, some people turn it on, turn it off, right? Kurt Angle, the wrestler, is not Kurt Angle, the person. We and we're okay with that, but Macho lived it. Macho really was the closest thing that. And sometimes it caused incidents backstage because of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Little, 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 it's a rhythm much not being <laughs> little heat backstage isn't isn't such a big deal. Let's no. Let's just jump right so into you make it. A name. <clears throat> so, Randall Mario Poffo, that that's his name, ladies and gentlemen. I know that sounds even crazier than the Macho Man, but that's his real name. Was born in November fifteenth, nineteen fifty two. The wrestler, the actor, the color commentator was billed at six two, two hundred and thirty seven pounds when he was heavily into the business. He was trained by his father, Angelo Poffo, along with his brother, Lanny Poffo, better known as who? The genius? The genius. Macho man. <laughs> the the gen- genius, genius, Macho right? Man got me in. And he, you know, Angelo, his dad, was also a famous wrestler himself in the 50s and 60s. So it almost seemed destined that his sons would follow in his footsteps, but it wasn't right away for. Randall, or Randy as we would call him, or even the Macho Man, right? Randy was a pretty good baseball player out of high school, played catcher. In fact, he was so good, he was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals right out of high school. He played on the minor league teams at 18 years of age. And this is where you kind of start to hear some cool stories about the athletic ability of what we know as the Macho Man later on. Uh, He used to use a sledgehammer uh, on a tire that would be swinging from like a tree and swing with the sledgehammer to perfect his swing and get his wrist control a little faster, a little, you know, uh, for those high-speed pitches. Uh, not that Macho was the greatest hitter in the world. I know we kind of make fun of that because you're going to hear his average in a second, and it's like, mm, no wonder he quit. Uh, but there's so many. there was other people later on that saw that technique, and hitting coaches and the pros today use that same technique to get people's uh, wrist speed a little bit faster to get through to, to make contact. Pretty cool, right? He, another cool story about that is that he actually – hurt his right shoulder, uh, which forced him to learn how to throw left-handed. And as gifted as Randy was, like I said, it wasn't good enough for the majors. Played in four minor league seasons, uh, 254 average, 16 home runs, and 66 RBIs. Not very good. <laughs> no, pretty poor. <laughs> pretty poor. But you know what? I'm so glad it was I don't poor. know if that uh, hitting technique worked. I know, right? <laughs> it's funny that they took that off of someone who couldn't hit. That hitting technique <laughs> worked. Right there, yeah, there. Maybe it was a shoulder injury. There you go. That hitting technique. So, in, but I'm, I'm glad it didn't work out. Anymore. I was going to say, I'm so glad it didn't work out because the things that we got to see uh, with Macho Man is, is quite impressive. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, shaped the wrestling world for the rock and wrestling era, I think, too. So starts that wrestling career in 1973. He starts as the spider. Uh, not too many people know about that, but he later changed it to Randy Savage in Georgia championship wrestling at the suggestion of the booker. Does anybody know who the booker was? No, I'll give you a hint. 
I'm the shock master. <laughs> shock master. <laughs> it's <Black Scorpion. laughs> wait, tugboat was <laughs> no tugboat was the Booker. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, Fred Ottman. Oh Anderson. no, 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 <laughs> Mr. Ole Anderson, voice of Black Scorpion and Shockmaster. <laughs> uh, in our archive shows of overhyped and failed gimmicks, which is what you guys are talking about. So check those out when you get a chance. Does anyone and- catch him laughing though before he starts the actual uh, voiceover for Shockmaster? <laughs> no, I don't. You hear him go, <laughs> Stay. <laughs> When Amon fell over, <laughs> you hear him like, yeah, I think right at the beginning, you hear mic, it. You yeah, hear so even Oli's laughing break. on live yeah. TV. Yeah. Oh, god damn it. So you I'm, I'm glad he could laugh at a time like that. So good great. for good for Oli. Like, company's <laughs> sinking faster than the Titanic. Every time I hear that clip, I die when I hear that. I swear, every time I mention Oli Anderson, we get so far off course on this show. I guess, I guess it's just a requirement, but I can't do like. An impression of him because, like, I mean, Cuz does one of him being the Shockmaster, yeah, or, the and or Black Scorpion, one. but like, only like, there's no like Dusty. I I just make him Booker, even when I know he was even with the company. Yeah, he was Booker. The spell. Yes, drink this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ole Anderson's just like boring. So like, that's why. But he was the Booker for a lot of that stuff in WCW. Mm-hmm. So again, like this yeah. shit Booker, and then but he spots Macho Man out. That's yeah. good on him. Yeah, he, he's he, the greatest. He, promo yeah, he actually told him you should change your name to Randy Savage. So that, that was that was kind of a. I guess that went over pretty well, right? And then also Randy's mom uh, looked into of all things a Reader's Digest article and said Macho Man. This according, this according <laughs> to what the research I did is going to be like the, Macho Man. Is, is going to be the what was your second guess? Uh, it's this thing called the Black Scorpion I'm working on. I, uh, I may not release that for a few years from now. <laughs> exactly. No, I'll take uh, Macho Man, I think. Yeah. So basically, Randy worked all over the territory until his father pulled him and his brother Lanny due to what he called a lack of push. And he started his own federation called ICW. But that had disbanded pretty quickly. And Ooh, the dad? Yeah, their dad. It was really, really fast. Like less. He was mad because they weren't pushed, or him. Uh, he was his fun, his sons were not pushed, so he pulled them. According oh, to my, well, according to the archives that I that That's I. like a typical. Up. It's so funny. This is totally like minor league, like baseball yeah. and football. Not even minor league, like, like Pop yeah, Warner and all that. Yeah, my kids well, are better than like, we're you're changing. Not passing your class, we're my taking kids, them out of here. Yeah, my kids aren't starting. We're going, going to, to a different private school. school. Yeah. Well, with one of them, I would have to say that Angelo Papa was absolutely right that he should have been pushed more. But school, huh? uh, yeah, growing a beard. God damn it. Uh, so when you look at his uh, baseball pictures and he has no yeah. facial hair, I'm so glad he grew a beard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was so that neat, is not yeah. Macho Man with yeah. that beard. He has like a big mouth like Mick Jagger. Yeah. So someone needs to tell Cuz the same thing. Just yeah. Go. I'm going back door. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz shaved his beard. Yeah, Cuz had to. Saw before he had. No, yeah. of course. Yeah, he had this luscious beard. His, his wife almost left locks. him because she didn't recognize yeah. him. Goldilocks. That's what she told lo- me. My luscious locks. He, he really lost his keys in the beard, and he had to shave it off to find him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a bird's nest in there. Yeah, yeah. It was Peter a bet. Griffin. I lost a bet. <laughs> lost a bet. No. So ICW was disbanded very quickly. The Poffo brothers joined their competition, CWA, with Mr. Jerry Lawler and the Rock and Roll Express, just to name a few large names from that talent pool. He feuded with both of them, having both face and heel runs there. Eventually, it's kind of like now. Yeah. Like, they just make up their own shit. Like, I'm not going here. Let's go make the CZP. Like, okay, let's go. And then they go and do it. And they're like, well, that fucking doesn't work. Let's go over to J97. Let's go. Like, it's weird. Like, nowadays, it's kind of like that, too. It's like, 
Oh, AEW. Here comes AEW. Oh, oh here we go. I was going to make that. I was oh, going to make that. Force wrestling. Well, I was yeah, going to make that quick <laughs> comment, too. Like, just don't be surprised if AEW fails, guys. I, I know they're doing something great. I know they sold out in 15 minutes again. No, I don't think it's going to fail. I, I hope not. I mean, I hope it doesn't. It just, I, you know, you never know with these things. You never know what the money's going to push if they're going to continue. No, to I think it. this guy, the millionaire, is like pretty solid. Behind he's pretty, him. and he's pretty. But passionate. they're doing stuff conservatively too. They're only doing four pay per views a year. They're yeah, smart. They keep it like yeah. that. They're not going head to head. Their TV the show is going to be probably two hours. I'm assuming. I haven't read any press release on it. And they're going to be on different days. Aren't they going to be on Thursdays or something? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, and the how I don't think they're doing any house shows at first, or if it is, it's very minimal. Goddamn, we're so off course. Okay. So, uh, in NCWA, finally, Macho Man is losing to Lawler in a loser leaves town match on June 7th, 1985. Why is that? Because you weren't anyone, goddammit, if you didn't lose to Jerry Lawler. In a loser Everyone team. fucking, like, <laughs> in their Hall of Fame speech, it's like, and then I went down to Memphis and good old Jerry. And everybody cheers. And I'm like, yep, it was down there. It's like, yeah, he fucking beat everybody yeah he's like a 38 type champion them. down there it's just what you do you yeah that's it you lose at the king but but in this case you're losing to the king yeah, because uh quite frankly you're on pastures. to greener pastures you're on to bigger uh, and better things this starts the wf wwf run from 85 to 94 wait i thought we were gonna do this whole episode on the cjw run yeah <laughs> no oh we're, we'd be done already oh <laughs> I think you're missing uh, the boat, Dave, but go yeah, on yeah, we, with this WWF shit. <laughs> Let's talk about Houston wrestling. This fucking low class promotion. <laughs> why don't we talk about Houston wrestling? Because nobody gives a fuck. That's why. Or, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's the reason. Okay. Like any of those podcasts are like, next week we're doing a special. We're going to do Windy City Wrestling. I'm like, nah, I won't be tuning in that week. <laughs> Like, I'm sure there's a lot of significance there, and that's all good and all, but come on. Well, it's the same thing when, uh, when one of our favorite podcasts says, oh, we're doing a show on JBL. Well, fuck you. Yeah, don't, don't care. I'm not You're listening. running out of shit to talk about. That's right what now. it comes down to. Yep. Not listening to that bullshit. So hopefully people, more people listen to us and talk about the oldies, but goodies. Anyway, Macho Man was labeled as the greatest free agent in wrestling where several managers attempted to represent him, and he declined them all to pick the one and only... Pop quiz. Uh, Doctor of Style Slick. Go yeah, on. that is going. Not- <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, this is where we finally start to see the real life girlfriend and wife eventually. Well, let's agree to disagree on that one. Go mm-hmm. on. Uh, Miss Elizabeth. Oh, okay. There yeah, you go. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Introducing the managers to his current manager. Oh, wow. I don't know what in the world we're going to have to find Macho, out. Macho yeah, gets a push. Which, I mean, honestly, like, from the beginning, this was done correct. They were. Oh, it's great. I don't remember what year they got married, but they were absolutely together here at this point in real life behind the scenes. Macho Man and Elizabeth. Like, I God, I want to say they got married in like 85 or something, but I could be wrong. But it was close to the time where they were definitely together. So it was pretty risky. You know, the old thing in wrestling is like, never bring your wife on the road. Yeah, that's changed. You know, and like, so, but Macho Man brought her. Felt that she could add to him, obviously. Didn't really realize what a pit he was bringing her into. You know, it's like wrestling, especially back then. You know, now it's like, you you know, divas on E or total divas or whatever. They're all married to each other or whatever. But like, yeah, they back here, it was like, yeah, it. like yeah. It, it's you'd never brought your wife around the locker room, mainly because it's a bunch of guys. But at the same time, they're all cheating on their wives anyway, back then. And like, not all of them, most of them. And like, they all do drugs and shit like that. So it was always just like, don't bring your wife with you on the road. But Macho Man, like. Decided to bring her on the road and like bring her, make her a part of the show. 
which is funny because later we'll talk about like his jealousy and stuff, but it's just kind of funny. Like he chose to, I'm going to keep her close to me. And then that way, like no one will get her. And it's like, it's weird that he even brought her aboard. I think macho bucked the system very early. And this is one of those examples of, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, don't bring your wife on the road. Don't bring a pretty gal to Vince. He's going to use her. Yeah. Well, then that, that definitely happened for sure. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you bitch. after all that goes down, macho gets a push right away in early 85 and he starts to feud with Tito Santana. Who's our current IC title uh, uh, champion at the time. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about him soon in our history of the IC title episode. We're, uh, we're putting that together. We're excited to bring that to you. So stay tuned. Uh, we all feel Tito just missed the crest of that tidal wave that was rock and wrestling. He was so good back in the day. Uh, he felt he could have been doing a run with Hogan. He felt he could have been a, a champion. And it might have been if it happened a, a few years earlier. It's very possible, but that's not just not how the cards worked out for him. Uh, they they feud all over. Macho winning by countout and not taking the IC title or just losing altogether. Finally, on February 29th of said year, in Boston Garden, a taped episode from the ninth of the same month, Savage gets a heel win against Santana using a foreign object, uh, and, and takes that IC title. So that's and a big deal. another uh, point in this one is uh, this was the very beginning seeds of dangerous Danny Davis turning into the heel referee mm-hmm. that people would know, and especially in WrestleMania three, he actually this was the first title he was just kind of first of all he's in khaki pants. I have no idea why he was in khaki pants in this match. But I remember two things from Macho beating Santana. The way he did it, Santana goes to lift him for a belly-to-back suplex over the rope. Macho Man has foreign object in his hand, hits him as he's going over, falls on top of uh, Tito, pins him. Danny Davis kind of gives a fast count. And Danny Davis would just do a little, like, he was doing little heel tactics during the match. Like, he was kind of not paying attention, letting Savage get away with stuff or whatever. So this was the, they planted the seeds here of dangerous Danny Davis going from a referee to a heel wrestler being managed by Jimmy Hart. So at that point, we know Macho is off and running. A little known fact at this time that Macho actually beat Hogan in a WWF heavyweight what title match. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, um, I believe it was dark. Obviously, hate it Macho was a man. Show. So yeah, right away, and, it's and, weird. and it was a countout. But I, I think I think this is a grooming. Yeah, they put the there, title right? on Macho. They obviously had confidence in him. And, and mm-hmm. I've said it a million times in past episodes. When you got a championship, it's like getting a promotion at work. Back then, not now, but back then, um, you brought more money to the table. Your merchandise was selling better. You're getting over with the crowd. You benefited the territory in some way. So they put a championship on you because, you know, they meant something. It's crazy. I know. Mm-hmm. But um, so they put the Intercontinental Championship, which is the second highest title in WWF. And um, they put it on him. And then also at the same time, rather than let him ride that rocket, which they could have easily done and it would have been just fine. They actually kind of pulled him. They would run like A, B and C shows. Hogan would kind of headline the A shows. The IC champ would headline the B shows and the tag champions usually would do the C shows or something like that. Or a hot, you know, mid card feud would headline the C shows. So they decided to pull Macho up for a little bit in like 86 and kind of put him in there with Hulk. And test yep. that dynamic out, you know, uh, it was not champion versus champion as in Savage's title was on the line, but it was Savage challenging for the world title. And the Eliz- the uh, Miss Elizabeth factor was in there and they kind of were just playing around. And you could tell early on that Vince and Hulk really generally liked Macho Man and Elizabeth and their dynamic in there because it was something really Hulk could could sink his teeth into because he was a mega face. He was usually facing these giants like Bundy and one man gang and 
Andre and all these guys. And yeah, he had the feuds with Piper and Orndorff, but Savage was kind of a smaller guy in the sense of, you know, for a human being, he was a big guy, but you know, for a wrestler, he was not very big. So it was kind of cool to see Hulk in there with that, you know, that chicken shit heel that would just put Elizabeth in front of him and Hulk would come after him and Hulk would be like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, and all that stuff. And they really fine tuned Macho's character. Hulk was known for speaking highly of Randy Savage in the back at that time and told Vince like, a, I want to do Elizabeth. B, Macho Man's got something. <coughs> and Vince going, ditto Brother. on pretty much everything you said. I already uh, did her. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Hold on. Gotta get my sloppy seconds, Terry. <laughs> Let's go do some uh, fucking coke. Let's go. Like, and that's that's uh, how that was the the behind the scenes meeting between Vince and you. Uh, you totally got me choking on myself on that. But uh-huh. That was bad. <clears throat> Brother, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Brother, first that's of all, the truth. <laughs> So the way Hogan and Terry talk to each other, uh, or uh, Vince and Terry. I bet Hogan and Terry talk, talk to each other. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> He's like, listen, brother. You're the best in the world. Terry's you're the like, best, right, brother? Oh, Terry's totally, like, yeah, brother. brother. Hulk, I'll yeah, get your autograph brother. later. Your okay. hair's not that bad, brother. I know. I was trying to tell Vince the other day, brother. I don't need to wear a bandana, brother. But you are keeping the bandana in your back pocket in case, right, brother? Oh, of course, brother. Of course, brother. Brother, 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 brother. Hey, Vince. Bro. Come on in, brother. All right. Bro, brother. Bro. Oh shit, it's coming. It's coming off. All right. So <laughs> yeah, Hogan's taking over the podcast now. So Savage uh, at that shit, point, Randy's coming in. Elizabeth, get your underwear. Oh, oh Come on, I, brother. I'm sorry, that's what I was gonna say. You, you led me back to the right track. You were talking I'm about a terrible Elizabeth. person. Uh, I, they're both dead. Rest in peace. My nah, it's all good. I'm so sorry. You know, it we, never we, happened. We it love didn't him. happen that we way. We love him. It happened but later, I'm sure, but not. I, I think the reason well, you're talking about why Hogan and Vince were kind, you think, they were sold on Macho Man. Where you know, and Elizabeth was that dynamic. Elizabeth brought something special, even when Macho was a heel, when putting her in front of her. Like like Elizabeth was getting true, you know. Cheers, but the the, the difference you know, here, super dynamic, was that yeah, like there. First of all, she never even acted like a heel because I don't think she was capable of it. Really, it's not in her, like bro. she was super beautiful and she didn't say anything, which was even better. So she was like a deer. You bro. had this asshole on the other side going, "Baby, be yeah, whoa, yeah." What'd you say? Don't talk to her. And he was doing all that great stuff with her and like would grab her by the chin and lead her over to the other side of the ring when she got too close to his opponent and all that stuff, like in a bad way, like yeah. or you know if like the ref touched her too long, like he would go over and like scold the ref and he did awesome things. So you got like this. Kind of maybe abusive boyfriend vibe from him, and, real but she's so delicate, and so the fans would just be like, "You don't touch her, you son of a bitch!" Like whenever they would come out, like they would announce, you know, them coming down the aisle led by Miss Elizabeth, and you would hear the pop from the crowd, and you know, from Sarasota, Florida, weighing two hundred forty-two pounds, Macho Man, and then you hear boo like real loud, and like it was just working, and it wasn't boo as in like you know, Sable and uh, Mark Merrow, where people were just like, boring Mark Merrow. Yeah, Sable. Like, it was like, yay, Elizabeth, and boo, Macho Man, don't you fucking, you better not be fucking, like, uh, abusing her, you son of a bitch. Like, yeah. and that's the emotion you want the from the true crowd. heel heat, not cheap heat, the true heel Yeah, heat and he would just do great giving. things, like, you know, on the outside, like, he, he would walk over, or he would get thrown outside the ring, his opponent would come after him, and he would pull Elizabeth in front of him. And then, like, it was awesome. And then he would kind of pull Elizabeth out of the way and cheap shot them. And then people would be like, you asshole. Like, and it was just so, it was classic heel tactics. But, like, what worked with Elizabeth more than anything was she wasn't a big personality. She was, but she wasn't. She was so quiet. She ended up being, like, this massive entity in the corner. And this big, you you would feel her presence. But, like, she never spoke that much. Like, they would always do cool things in interviews. he Like, Gene would always flirt with her. Mean Gene? On purpose. (laughs) And then, like, he would ask her questions. So, Elizabeth, what do you think? And then, like, she would just, ha, like, she would barely get that out. He'd be like, whoa, Gene, 
what are you doing talking to her? Like, and it was just a great like thing. She so would never funny. actually say anything. She would almost like say it. And then like Macho Man would step in and cut it off, you know? Yeah. Like, and it was just great stuff. Just honestly, like really good stuff. You know, I know they script a lot of stuff now, but if step one is to just figure out what your character is, right? Yeah, you yeah. can't fight with the writers nowadays. And I'll actually defend the writers. Are you sure now. about that? You can't fight with them if you don't really know what voice. I hate the script. Okay. But I mean, what's your character? What are you what, bringing? Yeah, what voice did you like? Wh- how is this not you? In other words, so and I don't know. And maybe I'm totally wrong. And maybe people like Ambrose and Punk are right. And like, it doesn't matter what you say. You say what we say. And and you know. But I think Dean Ambrose, for example, did know his character very well, and he, he hated did. the script. But I mean, like you know. But the, my that's my advice. If you watch the Macho Man, like he was very like he believed everything. And maybe he was like that in real life. But and I think he was to a certain extent, but he believed in himself. But he was just that character, like just yeah, a cup of coffee and like all that stuff that he did, like was just really subtle and like genius and like and, and he did like the yeah, uh-huh. like he had the tweaks and the twitches and like to, he would shake his hand. I, I don't know, I know you can't see it, but like he would shake his hand and everything, like in the ring. Yeah, he did weird stuff like that. Thousand plus people watching right there, and this is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah, cup of coffee in the big time because you'll never get closer than now. I am the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, and I will remain the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And George the Animal Steel. So yeah, that was the that was the genius dynamic between them, and I mean it was. Uh, I can say it simply, and and I just I urge you know wrestlers now because apparently i listen to the show for career advice but um but yeah if you don't like shit on scripts until you know your voice you know if you know your voice and you have every if you're into your character and you're doing everything macho was into his character he knew what he wanted he knew how in his mind he was going to use elizabeth he knew like how he wanted to come across in interviews he knew he wanted to be quirky and awkward and and you know like yeah and like just kind of that's all could you could you imagine anybody telling macho to change that at that time no i mean it just worked perfect he would have told told him his robes and like the way he just his generic trunks with the three stars across the front like just uh, like just everything was him like and he would wear like light pink and then he would change it and he just had a different like step about him like most wrestlers yeah. wore the same gear over and over again he wore different color trunks all the time and would change his boots and like all that stuff and just he he was like a girl and i hate i don't mean that to be rude but like you know they would always change and stuff mantra was totally like that well he like, would yeah he would really when a girl about. would go and every you know if she's in a, a tv show or like a telethon or whatever she'd come back in a different dress every segment or hosting an award show or whatever he knew that was important yeah macho would come out in an interview he'd be in one robe and then out in the ring he'd be in a different robe and like mm-hmm. uh, maybe because it was pre-taped but i mean it was done on purpose like he just really liked doing it. he's very flamboyant yeah, would, he had a he had a cycle with all that stuff i'm sure yeah uh you know and that's the thing often imitated never duplicated this and macho and man. you know again i'm not a fan of today's wrestling creative but he was put in there with George Steele. Now, I, I don't That's have a problem with next, George. I don't have the, the problem with George Steele, the guy. Um, you know, George Steele was actually a teacher in real life. And so he really was, smart guy. And when he was in the prime of his wrestling career, George Animal Steele was a heel and he was a pretty brutal heel. It was pretty mean. Um, but when Vince got a hold of him, it was like, you got to be this kid guy and you're going to tear the turnbuckles off and we're going to make dolls. You're going to have the doll mine or whatever. That little doll that he had was called mine mm-hmm. and, uh, and all that stuff. So he got it. He was like a slow adult, basically, is what they kind of painted George yeah, Animal Steel to be. Exactly uh, he was the original Eugene. Eugene. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so he know, loved, he fell in love with Elizabeth. So you could easily, if you're a Macho Man behind the scenes, being a fuck, like, God, like, I'm the Intercontinental Champion. You're putting me in with this shit. You know, like this, like, I got to fight like a, a mongoloid, basically. Like, what are you? But he did it. I mean, and they ended up facing each other at WrestleMania 2. Macho beat him. 
mm-hmm. uh, and defended his Intercontinental Championship, and like he made the most out of it. But Elizabeth saved that. I think Savage would have went nuts if it was just him and George by himself. But because they could put Elizabeth in there, and George is infatuated with her, and he's like a slow adult, and he just he knew. Like they always say, like slow adults, you know, like they kind of see they see through people. They know, like you know, like when a bad person comes in the room, they're like, "I'm scared of that person," you know. Like it was that George saw Elizabeth and he knew she was beautiful inside and out, and he wanted to save her from the Macho Man. That was kind of like the uh, like once implied. It, once again, it's it's one of those. Sto- it's a story. It's it's a but and they did story. so smart because Vince Complex. knew. I think Vince knew. I, early on, he had to have known like he's going to be a face sooner or later. There's so yeah. many things I could do here. So they made sure that the Macho Man character didn't completely go, you know, Darth Vader on everybody. <laughs> like he didn't completely go to the dark side. He just went, he was a heel and he knew he was a heel and all that stuff. But there was like redeemable qualities about him. So it's sure. like, yeah, George wanted to save him, but Macho never totally did something to make Elizabeth leave him. She always stayed with him. And it was like kind of like, oh, like an abusive girl stays with an abusive guy. But you wanted to see strong qualities about Macho Man that maybe there's something salvageable about this guy. Yeah. And obviously, he defended that title against George a couple of times and successful. Yeah. yeah. Then we go on to wrestle Ricky the Dragon Steampoke at yeah. WrestleMania 3. There's a lot of things heading up to this. I'm not going to skip it. Uh, this match is going to get us a lot of love in future episodes. It's totally inevitable. It's one of the greatest matches ever at a WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll give it the love it deserves now. Jess, can you discuss the backstory and the ridiculous steal of the show at WrestleMania 3? Uh, as we get into it, it's, these, it's phenomenal. These two, I mean, Vince knew he was going to put them together. Botchman had already been champion for over a year at this point. And uh, I think was really close to breaking the record of the longest reigning intercontinental champion. I'm not sure the logistics. I know we're going to get more than that on the IC episode. Um, but uh, so he was champion for a while, Macho Man, and going into this feud. And uh, Steamboat was this handsome, young, good looking guy. Uh, tan, amazing in the ring. He had been in the NWA before that, was NWA US champion, feuded with Flair of all people over the US title for a while. And so Steamboat was known in the wrestling community. And when he went to WWF, of course, he was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And Vince made him a little bit more ninja-like and, you know, all that kind of bit that. But Savage was, or uh, Steamboat was able to wrestle well. He's so talented in the ring. So putting these two together, of course, you could look back on it now and be like, well, duh. But I mean, yeah. back then, it, you know, it's just you, you, sometimes people are oil and water. Yeah. So Vince put him in a program. The start of the program was basically like Steamboat was going to challenge. So they had a match on one of their syndicated shows. I don't remember if it was Superstars or Wrestling Challenge. And uh, they were uh, they were wrestling each other. And then Macho just decided, I'm going to take this fucker out. And drapes his throat across the guardrail on the outside of the ring and drops a double axe handle from the top rope onto the outside, crushing his larynx. And then he rolls him back in the ring and grabs the ring bell. For those people who don't know what the ring bell is, it's just a square piece of plywood with an actual bell, ding, ding, like put on top of it. So um, he grabbed that and he jumped off. He put a steamboat in the middle of the ring, jumped off the top rope and rammed that in his throat as well. And this finished Steamboat off and took him off TV for a while and crushed Steamboat's larynx and Steamboat. They have these silly vignettes. They're so silly of Steamboat learning how to talk again, putting his hands on his throat going, like it's ridiculous. I just do not believe it. Ricky Steamboat absolutely could not breathe. The Maddox, the Maddox behind this door here now. They're putting they're, 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 they actually had put a hole in it, they had put some kind of a tube for him to breathe. 
At the confusing and controversial match between Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage. A very serious injury to the Lernix was suffered by Ricky the Dragon Steamboat during the course of that match. Randy, oh yeah, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, your future seems bleak. Oh yeah, it does. Increase the strength of your vocal cords. I'd like you to say this vowel after me. E. E. Okay, now, you're trying, but I want it to be more crisp. E. E. So it was that was ridiculous, but at the same time, hey, look, it's wrestling, it's a soap opera, right? But the physical action in the ring more than made up for it. So when they finally met at WrestleMania 3, Savage gets a lot of shit for this, but he invited Steamboat over to his home and they went over this match literally beat by beat. Macho yeah. Man drew it out. Steamboat, of course, contributed, but Steamboat yeah. was more of like a I call it in the ring. You know, you hear Flair say that all the time. You know, we should just call it in the ring. And that was that's one style and one way of doing things. But Macho Man knew, and I really believe this. I have nothing to base this on other than just watching this unfold, that he was a perfectionist. But on top of that, Macho knew, like, this is my chance. Like, I'm going to be in front of 93,000 people defending the second biggest title in the company. Um, and I'm going to lose it. But this is what you do when you lose. You put the other guy over really well. So we're going to draw this match out and we're going to steal the show and we're going to do this and do that. And they put all this innovative stuff in there. I mean, like Japanese wrestling had been doing this a while, you know, the, the, the close counts, you know, like the the rapid two counts and stuff. But no one in America had seen anything in the United States had seen anything like that in American wrestling. And these guys had, I don't even know, I'm sure Dave has it in his notes, how many two counts, close two counts, uh, so many in the fact that there was a couple cool spots where, I mean, you don't see shows this big. Now, you, WrestleMania is in a dome every year. But like back here, 93,000 people, the sound travels differently in a huge dome like that. So there was a couple cool spots where they would go, and it was clearly a two count that we could see, but the sound traveled and and the crowd that was far away thought it was three. And then they erupted on a couple of chances. Like they, like the match was over and it's crazy. And you even hear Jim, uh, Jim, uh, Gino. No, fuck. Wow. Gorilla Monsoon and Ventura go, no, no, there was no three count there. Like just, and, and again, they're treating it like it's a real sport, right? So they're into it as well. And everything just made sense. Go back and watch this match. I guarantee you there's so many people out there that have heard of this match. And if you ask them, have you watched this match? Oh, of course, but they really haven't. Go back and watch it. Just tell whoever's fucking with you in your life. Just leave me alone for fucking like 20 minutes and shut your door and lock yourself in your basement or whatever it is that you do or the bathroom and turn this match on and watch it from beginning to end. It's really cool. And yeah, all those moves have been done a million times since 1987. But if you really watch it and just get into it and listen to Gr uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura and just listen to it, it's such a blueprint for how a good match yeah. should go and how and how announcers should call a match nowadays and and just everything is just so perfect about it and they stole the show you know hulk hulk and andre drew the house but savage and steamboat stole the show and that's yeah. legendary at this point everybody knows this match and so many people like edge and christian and attribute this match to this is why i got into it like yeah. i watched this match and we remember we used to we used to reenact it in my living room floor and all that stuff and like yeah. it touched so many people this match and made and because it gave him confidence. Not that he, obviously Hulk was super over and he was the guy. He was the face, you know, of the company. But at the same time, like it gave hope to people who were like six foot, six one that, oh, you know what? Steamboat and Savage, they're about that tall. Like, yeah. They stole the show. Like they went in there and they wrestled. They did really well and they wrestled and they were athletic and this cool stuff. And like I, 
I can't say enough about this match. Like this is, it is one of the classics I, that get, word gets thrown around a lot. You know, no, this but really, is, this really, it is and, a uh, legit classic. It is yeah. a legit five star air quotes match. It's everything. Like it it's, really is. It's a great storytelling. It's great psychology. It's, it's, it's so good. It really is. And it doesn't cram it down your throat. It's not like this 45 minute fest that you got to sit through or whatever. And you get some, you know, five or 10 spot minute spots of brilliance. And then it's a headlock for a couple minutes. And then it's not like that at all. It's pretty much nonstop. It flows. Like, yeah, it's amazing. It's a great. Your, match. your, your terminology of blueprint was exactly what I was thinking before you said it. I said, blueprint, it, this is a blueprint for anybody who wants to actually be a wrestler. It, this is what you, this is what you need to see in order to understand how, a match should really flow, how a match should really work. It is a blueprint for anybody who wants to get into the business, in my opinion. <clears throat> also, to answer your question, it was 19 two counts uh, in this match, which is, that's that's a lot. <laughs> 19 two counts, that's a lot today, I mean, for a match. They did that spot with all these rapid two counts, and then they, and awesome. then again, in most matches, they would go to a wear and hold, but they didn't. Like, they got faster. There was one point in this match where you even hear Gorilla Monsoon go, look at the speed of these guys, and they're hitting each other, mm-hmm. and they'd been out there for over 10 minutes already and they yeah. were doing these rapid counts and they were getting up and shoulder blocking well, cover boom slam cover boom arm drag cover boom drop kick cover boom close like i mean so reason, fast and you're like oh my god like these the guys reason that's great. so telling from gorilla too is because gorilla was a former wrestler as yeah. well and he knows that he couldn't have gone 10 minutes or more like that and i mean yeah. he, and he was he was a great wrestler oh, he was well known stop yeah he was awesome so him for him to say that is, is kind of a nice i want to say i think Hulk or Steamboat tells a story about when they were doing a house show loop and Steamboat was taking on Savage. I'm pretty sure it was before Mania 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were, you know, getting to know each other on the house shows, Steamboat and Savage, and they were having Intercontinental Championship matches. And I don't know if Hulk did an interview before that house show or he had another shot he did and then he flew over to main event that house show as well because they did that a lot. He would main event. Uh, middle of the day show and then he would fly over somewhere or whatever or catch a bus do and do a night show so steamboat and savage were only going to go like 25 minutes 30 minutes you know steamboat's thing in a house show was like people used to uh barry windham is famous for saying like god i hated steamboat and house shows and they're like why he's like because steamboat would insist we're going we're going 30 tonight you know that right and then like <laughs> Wyndham's like, I'd be all hung over and shit from he's all, I drank so many Jack and Cokes like the night before and I was so fucked up. And then I, I see on the board, fuck, I'm wrestling Steamboat. And then Steamboat's like, we're going 35, right, bro? Like, and he's like, I guess so. So Steamboat was known for on house shows like, no, we're going for a while. Like, we're going to get a workout in. So Savage and Steamboat were all game for it. So they were they were only scheduled to do like 20 minutes, but they kept getting messages in the ring like hulk's delayed like whether i can't remember if like the private jet he was taking over was late or whatever keep going keep going <laughs> they ended up going like 45 minutes and like they were like both blue around their lips and when they get back to the back finally they got word hulk's here go ahead and go home they go in the back or whatever and they're all laying down and hulk's like what's wrong with you guys brother like it just walks in or whatever yeah, probably did his fucking six minute main event slams you know bundy and goes home and like it was just like they were so funny they were just like oh my god like laying on the floor exhausted on the cold floor and back just because they had to go 45 minutes out Jeez. there that's already That's how they knew though. each other and they both were that good and like you know so people who want to shit on macho and i guarantee you they didn't storyboard that match out but savage and steamboat sure. probably took the best of their house show tours and that's what they put into put the storyboard together, yep. so and at first steamboat was kind of a dick you know in, in like interviews like you know seven eight years later oh i didn't prefer that i'm a call in the ring guy but i know recently he's gotten pretty emotional about saying yeah hey, i didn't understand that but looking back 
I mean, how, how could you great. doubt this match? Like, how could you? It's one of the greatest. If ever. people still come up to him and say, like, I remember that match. Like, it, it got me into wrestling or, you know, I it helped me. Yeah. you know, understand what wrestling is. And, and I really don't feel like we're trying to exaggerate this and push this on. No, you it influenced it the is, generation. It is that good. Yeah. It is that good. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a fucking favor, you know, and, and watch this match. It's, it's phenomenal. History is made. You talked about a miscarriage of justice, Matsun. Flagrant outside interference on the part of Animal Steel. History made here in the Silverdome. Part of WrestleMania 3. The winner of this contest. I will not forget, I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man nothing Randy. Means nothing. 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 nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? More. I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Macho Madness, yeah, has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got. Yeah, I mean, when you go back and watch right Andre now, and Hulk, it quite frankly doesn't hold up. It sold tickets. In my fucking heart, it holds up, Dave. Yeah, I, I understand that, but you understand. With the right. flow of match, the mouth on this guy, huh? Yeah, it's a bitch. You know that, but the the slam is great. The stuff with Hogan is great. Hogan knows big how moment. to sell, knows how to go home. It is a big moment, and I agree with that. Thank you. But one you of the watch, greatest moments of all time. Thank you, cuz. Okay, but, but if then, you want to talk about underrated moments, you can huh? go back in our well, archives. And what I'm check it out. What I'm trying channel. to say is, get your wife to watch Macho and Savage, and get yeah. her to watch Hogan and Andre, and you tell she'll tell you what's better. Oh, yeah. I mean, someone who's never watched we wrestling before. Better. Absolutely, right? Hulk and Andre, because people <laughs> into the drama and the sweat. They don't know the drama, bro. Let's, let's say it, 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 all I'm saying I mean, is the woman might be. We, we love the Hogan and Andre nostalgia. We get that. All I'm trying to say is, is Macho and, and um, fucking Steamboat, they, it, it, stand, it just we withholds the test of time. If a fucking five-minute bear hug doesn't get your fucking blood flowing, Dave, <laughs> you're dead on the inside, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a, your balls. well, I'm a little dead on the inside, but it's probably not for those reasons. Anyway, are you sure about that? So hey, you want to talk about something? But Steamboat in Savage's title run at 14 months. And why did we take the title off here? Because it was tight. They knew here. They got to turn this guy face. They knew what they were doing. Hulk is, I got to do a movie, brother. Like, and so I got to do a brother. shitty movie, brother. I got to go do a shit movie, Jack. And like, and but I got to get paid, brother. No holds barred. So Hulk, they had plans for him to go. So the plan, the seeds are already planted here at this point to get the belt off Hulk. And, yep. you know, uh, later in 87, Ted DiBiase gets introduced to the fold. And, you know, kind of that all becomes a whole thing where um, they start testing Hulk and Savage together. Um, Savage turns face. Uh, uh, long story short, Honky Tonk Man wins the Intercontinental Championship. So they put Steamboat leaves the company, basically. And uh, they put Savage in there to keep heat on Honky and all that stuff. And so Savage and Honky do this thing. They do some Saturday Night Main events um, together. And then they kind of test the waters of Honky grabbing Elizabeth and pushing her down. And then Hulk comes out to save him and all that stuff. Well, actually, in the rematch, uh, it all happens again. The Hart Foundation would come out and interfere on Honky's behalf. And then Elizabeth would just leave, run away. And then Ventura's like, oh, I knew she was going to leave. I knew she couldn't handle it. And he would do all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, out of the back, when they're triple teaming Macho Man, here comes Elizabeth holding Hulk Hogan's hand, pulling him to the ring. Help Randy, help him. And Hulk's when got this, it comes crashing down, Hulk's got this look on his face like, why would I help this guy? This guy's a dick to you and all that stuff. You know, you get this whole soap opera vibe, you know, and then yeah. Hulk would come in there and he would beat the shit out of Honky and the Heart Foundation. And him and Macho would, would bump back to back against each other and turn around and be like, oh, put their fists up. And then. 
They no. fucking shook hands and the mega powers like once, it all started. So they once, and once again, you know, I'm not sure if the theme music hits, but I, I did my mind. Like no. we talked about last week. Hogan's theme to Cold Scorpio's music does not hit. Um, no, <laughs> Elizabeth, just, Elizabeth just pulled him out of the back and it wasn't like a rundown save. It was uh, Elizabeth pulling him by his hand. Yeah. And Hulk had that look like, what are, you, what are you pulling me to? It's so funny. If you go back and look, it's like. Hogan didn't know, like, where are you taking me? Like, well, to the ring, obviously, dipshit. Like, he's out there in the middle of the crowd, and he's still looking around like, what? I was in the shower, and she came and got me. Good, great Wink and dink. So, you know, yeah, and definitely the mega powers are starting to uh, form here uh, more so. But a couple of things. Drink this, to, brother. Not to gloss over too quick. Uh, you know, Macho starts. He, obviously, he's chasing Honky for the title the whole time, but he's also beating the likes of Hercules. Big deal. Harley Race, Killer Khan, things like that. And then that storyline lead, leads to that WWF title being vacated over an infamous, infamous. Well, event. and before that, he was doing like cool stuff like he would, you know, get in there and he was like this confused macho man. Like, you know, he he was a face now, so he has to do face things. So you would see him struggle at the end of match. And he's like, I hold the rope for a woman. And he hold the rope and Elizabeth, he because Elizabeth always used to hold the rope for him and he'd get in there and do his twirl or whatever. Yeah. But then now yeah. he's faced Macho Man. So like she would hold the rope for him and then he would hold it for her and then the place would fucking erupt like when he would yeah. do that. And this like, this made him likable to the crowd. So now he's like, oh, yeah. he wasn't a monster after all. He's just misunderstood. And like, it was just such a, the dynamic between the two, I can't stress Yes, Elizabeth was a huge part. I feel Macho Man would have gotten over on his own anyway if Elizabeth never came aboard or never was a thing. But like um, they were just they were meant for each other. And Savage just happened to be talented in the ring. So he was able to carry it far, you know, because if you can't go in the ring, it's you're only going to go so far with characters. I mean, even though having a good character can get you kind of far, but you still got to know what you're doing in there for the most part. So um, it was really cool to kind of watch that. And you, then you wanted to root for him because you're like, now Hulk's involved and in kind of putting a stamp of approval on him. Now he's treating women better. And he's like, uh, let me hold the door for you, bitch. I mean, <laughs> classy lady. <sighs> like, you know, and it's just, it was all making sense. It all just worked. Per- such a great heel to face. We, and we, we knock on that, but, I, but Macho is much smarter than that. He, you know, he, no. he's like, I, Know That's what I, what I, say. I know what I'm doing, brother. So th- we're going to talk about the tournament at WrestleMania 4, but we can't talk about that until we talk about really a storyline that builds, in my opinion, over a year to a year and a half when you talk about the infamous event with Hogan and Andre. Can I dispel a shitty rumor first? On I mean, Saturday I mean, Night's main event. So, a shit, stupid rumor that Macho was supposed to win the Intercontinental Championship from Honky at February 5th on the main event, which was a huge milestone. It was Hulk and Andre 2, February 5, 1988. Yeah. Um, it was live. It wasn't a Saturday night's main event. It was called the main event. They were on Friday night, primetime NBC, 8 p.m. Over 15 million households tuned in to see it, which equated to like 32 or 33 million people watching Hulk versus Andre 2. The match that opened up the live broadcast, Macho Man against Honky for the IC title. Rumor has it is that Macho was supposed to win the IC belt and and bullshit and honky honky threw a fit and refused and refused. It's not true. And so they changed the plans and then out of nowhere, they made Macho win the tournament at WrestleMania four and the heavyweight title. And ha, no, if if honky was being that big of a dick in the background and refused, don't you think Vince would have taken it off him like a month later? Yeah, no, I I or Vince would have said, no, you're fucking losing tonight, whether I have to like 
edit footage, whatever, right? Like, you know, so it, it, it didn't matter. What happened was Honky, I'm sure, contested it. And, and there was a time where, you know, they talk about shit in meetings and stuff like, hey, what you want to put the IC belt on Savage? What do you think about putting the heavyweight title on DiBiase, Intercontinental Championship on Savage? No, let's not do that or whatever. And maybe Honky caught wind and said, I don't think so. Like, I'm still hot, guys. Like, I'm a real hot heel. Put me with somebody else. You got your self-made guy in Savage because Hulk was going to go away. A lot of people are saying that, well, the original plan was for um, Macho to not win the championship. DiBiase wins the title and then chase DiBiase while Hulk's gone. Hulk comes back, wins the title from DiBiase. No. Like, DiBiase was never in the cards to win the heavyweight title, guys. They wouldn't have done the whole thing where Andre wins it, submits it to him, then it gets stripped from him. No. It doesn't make sense. When you look at the storyline, it made total sense. Hulk wasn't going to win it back, or he wouldn't have lost it to begin with, right? When you think of wrestling storyline-wise. Then DiBiase wouldn't have won it because he's a heel, and WWF heels didn't necessarily go over all the time. It was was a babyface territory. So Hulk's leaving, um, so you're going to put it on a face. It makes sense. Honky yeah. never refused. Somebody might have overheard him saying, I don't think I should lose it. And they wouldn't have taken it from DiBiase just to put it back on. Or right. Before. And they wouldn't have changed everything. Honky, you don't want to lose to Macho? Ha <laughs> ha. Joke's on you, because now we're going to make Savage win the tournament at Mania 4. Yeah. Oh, man. The Honky Tonk man messed up on that one. No. Like, what the fuck? And the Honky reigned for another, you know, five months before Warrior beat him. Sure. So it's like, it, it. this, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what you read. I don't care what some drunk over the hill talent says on some stupid fucking shoot interview. It was all planned like this. Macho was planned to take the throne while Hulk was gone yep. and be champion. That's it. And plus, he had Elizabeth in his corner. It made sense to do that. You put this guy on top. This is what you do. And then four and five. War of 1812 was nothing. Yeah. The Boston Garden. I remember it. Yeah. Clearford's romantic and old flame from the past. Yeah. I'm talking. We were there together, Boston Garden. Yeah. The Celtics. Yeah. You, Larry Bird, you're inside me sometimes, aren't you? I'm dribbling down that aisle. Elizabeth will lead me down that aisle. We're going right to the squared circle. Taking you home. So I think that's pretty much. We, we, we ran that one right into right, in, right into the uh, the beach, right? So we, we get it. I, I I totally agree. There's there's no way that that was. Oh, we had to make we had to change plans because if if if, if we even remotely entertain that. We would be saying that the best storyline over the next year and a half, in my opinion, in history, right, was was a was a was just all ad libbed, right. and Bullshit. it was it was like you're saying a year in the making. They knew exactly and they were, before they even put the title on Hulk or on on Macho Man. They knew where you're it was gonna going. Re- you're, you and Hulk are going to face next year. They knew where it was going. They knew it. Knew it. And that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna talk about real quick. So let's. But we, but before we get into that that year and a half storyline, we have to talk about just briefly. Hogan and Andre on Saturday night's main event. So I don't know, cause you've been kind of quieter, but you want you want to talk about what happened? The rematch are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. Hogan Andre too. The main event. The Dave. main event. I'm sorry, it's in my notes. You know what? Every every note I look into says Saturday night's main event, and I know it's not. The main event is it's the live 14 million, event. right? It was 15 million households 15 million. There you with go. like 33 million people watching. There you go. Well, go ahead. I mean, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> shit, I'll cover it real quick. Goddamn, this is fun. So what basically happened was Hogan and Andre are facing off again, and we have a controversial pin, to say the least. We have Hogan basically just taking Hogan to the floor like in a mid-slam. It wasn't even a full slam because, you know, uh, at this point, Andre was not quite getting somebody that big over completely over his head to slam him. Brings him to the ground, pins him. You can clearly see that Hogan's shoulder gets up, 
well before the third pin, the third pinfall coming down. And Hogan's like, what are you doing? What's going on? It's way controversial. You've got all this stuff coming down. Everybody's arguing. Everybody's fighting. And in the midst of that, you, you see two things happen and you can correct me on the order if I'm wrong on the order, but you basically see, uh, this is where you find out that the Hebners are the Hebners. There's, there's actually twin brothers referees, right? We didn't know this at the time, but they basically were saying that, uh, Million Dollar Man paid this person to get plastic surgery, look like Earl Hebner, come down and pin him on the one, two, three. And then you see the you see the other, you see the real Earl Earl Hebner come down to talk to his brother, which wasn't really his brother in the storyline, and they get into it, meaning that this was all a paid uh, a paid thing to actually strip Hogan of the title uh, maliciously. And that's when Andre we we find out that Andre is completely paid off as well, and he hands the title to the Million Dollar Man. It was it was reverse order, and it, yeah, before Heenan actually sold Andre to DiBiase in a sense. Before it was known, so he was just like, uh, "You take him, DiBiase, you know." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to use him to defeat Hogan, and then he's going to give me the belt." So they telegraphed it. Yeah, he said from the beginning, DiBiase, I bought Andre so he could beat Hulk, and he's going to give me the championship. So at right after Andre pinned him, Andre gets up there, and I want to say calls it the tag team championship by accident because Andre just liked because Andre's wine. French and liked drunk. his wine, didn't give a shit. <laughs> so he set out there and he surrendered the title to DiBiase. DiBiase has the title. They start leaving. That's when Hulk turns around and realizes there's two Dave Hebners in there pointing at each other. So that particular storyline ends up vacating the title. Um, you know, vacant once again gets another title. Run. How, how many times has vacant held the title at this point? It's on Twitter. I know. Fifty something titles. Vacant. He's the greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah, the greatest title holder ever. Like just triumphing fucking Flair's record. Vacant. Fifty-seven plus time champion. Anyway. Um, this creates a tournament at WrestleMania 4 for the WWF heavyweight Ending title. Hulk Hogan's four-year run. We're not talking, we, we talked about Hogan enough, bitch. Four years. <laughs> Brother. This is a macho man. Hey, give it to him. You know, he defended the Warrior a lot. Yeah. Four <laughs> years. Yeah. Never happened. It'll never happen again, by the Think way. Think about four years, Dave. That's a long time. That's a term for a president. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That was doable. Can we not Can we those years, years though? Can we not get into that shit? Four years Hulk Hogan was president of the United so, States. By the way, mm-hmm. at WrestleMania 4, mm-hmm. Macho Who? goes through, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage oh, fuck. goes through a gauntlet of matches featuring the likes of Butch Reed, Greg Valentine, the One Man Gang, and finally defeating the Million Dollar Man in the final. Bullshit. I thought DBS was supposed to win because Honky refused. Oh, God. Could you could you imagine in hindsight the million dollar man holding the heavyweight title? I mean, really? Who? Yeah, exactly. Who? No. Could you imagine the million dollar man holding the heavyweight title just for a period pinning of time? him? Just yeah, just and maybe yeah. I say, oh, elbow drop, one, uh, two, he got him. Damn, that's Booker T's music. I don't know why. Damn, Daniel, million dollar damn, damn, Daniel, damn, in the background. I don't care. I don't care. Horrible mashed up WWE ones. I firmly believe that the Harlem Heat. 
soundtrack is the soundtrack that everybody hears in their mind when they think of a wrestler coming like, down the ring. That is a great soundtrack. You know the network, you know how they, if they don't have the copyrights, they play generic yeah, or whatever. I hate that. I think every single, instead of doing generic music, it should be Booker T's music. I think it'd be Why not? Great. They already bought it. That That's all you have to do. is fucking amazing. So like when Hulk Hogan comes out to Voodoo Child, obviously they don't have the right to Voodoo <laughs> yeah. Child, so it's just... <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That. We're coming for you, Dan. So it reminds me of like 96, 97, summertime, watching WCW as a kid. Yeah. There Ball it Booker. is. Yeah, just like when I hear a song, it makes me think back. Like it, I think back to those times, especially during the summertime when we're off from school. We'd watch it every week. Jeez. Be all excited. Play with our little wrestling toys. So and the Macho Man was there, you know, later on, Macho Man. Yeah, and, and that yeah, and there you go. And that in that brief little win, Macho, he gets a little help from Hogan, and that's where Hogan basically puts the stamp on him, endorses him as the champion. And then people also shit on this moment too, because they're like, Why did Hulk have to be involved? It was all just a storyline. Yeah. Again, they knew they what knew they were th- gonna do in a year. Exactly. But also Hulk was defending him. Andre was down at ringside that match and Hulk wasn't. And they did the whole same thing where Andre kept hooking Savage's leg when he'd go over, and it was DiBiase beating the shit out of Savage. He had Virgil and Andre in his corner. So, of course, Elizabeth leaves halfway through and comes back with the Hulkster. Oh, he clobbered a million dollar man. Donnie went, the referee did not see it. That's terrible, Monsu. I can't believe Hogan would stoop to that level. DiBiase is out cold. Savage looking around, doesn't know. So, you know, it, it just, it's funny how they did so much less because they didn't have these tournaments and matches for WrestleMania 5, but the storyline, which we'll get into, was so much more. Well, it made so sense. Much more. Like, I mean, he beat he made way the more sense. other three opponents fairly. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. But I mean, like the people who were critiquing it, DiBiase had a buy, so like a heel. He's a chicken shit. He got a, All, um, yeah. got a match off. And yeah. then he was doing everything that to win. And then they bring Hulk down. Hulk hits DiBiase with a chair. Yeah, no problem. And That's fine. Savage pins him. And I'm like, well, because like Mont- Andre and Virgil yeah. were double teaming the shit out of him. Yeah, they're interfering. Like, I, I totally so agree. How, oh, fucking Hogan has to be in the main event again. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you just don't. No, you're, you're setting it and up for your, your cash later. cow. So why would you not at of that course. point put the put the rub on him? And uh, as many. I'm sick of it. As many people say, <laughs> Hogan must pose at the end. So, right. uh, but. I mean, he uh, does enough shit to make himself all, look stupid. Let, all, um, let the good brother. things that Hulk did brother, fucking brother. speak for and, himself. And it's fine. All, all I'm humans. saying, I'm not trying to say that the Hogan thing was a problem. All I'm saying is if you had to pick which WrestleMania you're going to watch, four or five, you know you're going to pick five. It, you know, even though well, all I mean, that it was all built to that. It, this is, of course, title on that's what I'm saying. You know. And it wasn't the shit on him. So, and, and this is another one, too. Like, the, all Vince wanted to do was have a placeholder. And it kind of turned out to be much more because people actually ended up liking Macho Man than I think more than they thought they would. And they knew they would like Macho a lot. But like the Hulk was off TV for like, you know, three and a half, four months, basically. Yeah. Savage was on the house show loop rematching DiBiase. And it's stuff like so that. funny you're saying that because that's actually in my notes. We were talking, I was talking about some expected the gate to actually drop. Um, with Hogan being replaced at the top, but it really didn't happen. I mean, yeah, many many argue that Hogan was still around, but that was really just on TV, uh, you know. And, and house shows, Macho Man was the main draw for all those house shows, and they he really drew. I mean, and he Hulk drew. was off TV for like three months. Yeah, he was still After off Mania TV for three. He leaves, and you don't see him anymore. Mm-hmm. But and then, then, and then when you do see him, it's only TV. SummerSlam, yeah, yeah. He wasn't yeah. advertising the house shows for a while, nothing like that, because he was working a ton uh, on a shitty movie. Quite frankly, he was fucking tired. And he and Macho defended the title everywhere. He held it for over a year, carrying the for four years. Mm-hmm. He carried the promotion on his back. And like I said, this tired. this starts, in my opinion, the greatest storyline of all time. I'm talking about the Mega Powers and the explosion 
of said tag team, which leads to the rematch at WrestleMania. I'm sorry, not the rematch, to a match for that title, Hogan v. Savage at WrestleMania 5. Um, Hogan had a hand in helping Macho Man win the title. We talked about it. And they were inseparable for the next year, at least on television, right? And they, they yeah, they, they walk right into that summer of 88. The first mm-hmm. ever SummerSlam was the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks. Oh, yeah. Hulk and Macho Man <laughs> officially becoming the Mega Powers and taking on DiBiase and Andre. Um, that's where Elizabeth, like, you see what wrestling became with women, like, in the future. <laughs> and Elizabeth just, she had, like, this little skirt on. You know, she, uh, a, a gold and red skirt or the whatever. The bloomers, bro. And then she takes a little skirt off, and she has, like, butt, this brother. full-butted bikini on. Like, yeah. you know, and everyone's oh, like, piece. oh, my God! <laughs> like, at the end like, of it. <laughs> she took off her dress. She took off her skirt. And so, yeah, so, like, people brother. freaked out, and even, like, uh, Monsoon and Ventura acted like, oh my, I'm a boner. Like, and all that. It's just crazy and so funny to go back and watch. That's all she did was take this skirt off and it's like a full butted, completely appropriate bikini. Like, and it was like so great. Like, because everyone's like, oh, so she distracted Andre and, and DiBiase and then Hulk and Savage took over and yeah. they double teamed DiBiase and Savage dropped the elbow. Hulk drops the leg. One, two, three, bam. They celebrate. Everything's good, except what they didn't tell you until a couple of months later was. <laughs> You know how Macho Man used to put Elizabeth up on his shoulder yep. at the end of the match? So Hulk helped Elizabeth up brother. onto his shoulder. Yeah. And that's what, that's it. You know, that's all you saw. But later, we'll get into it. it yeah, that's... It all plays no. in. It starts here. This These is where... Bro, yeah. They didn't talk about it on the air, but it comes back later. Eventually, they all get pointed out to you. Beautiful we, we storytelling. Want, yeah, we want to elaborate on right. that. So, so there's little things. Hogan putting his hand on... Really, Elizabeth's like almost like hip, but you you know you touched her inappropriately. Well, and brother. then I'll fire past it. Then then you go yeah. to Survivor Series that yes. year, where it was Hulk Hogan and Macho Man co-captaining, and yeah. they defeat DiBiase's team and all that stuff. And then at the end, same thing, they win, and uh, Hulk comes up and he hugs Elizabeth and twirls around with her. And then you see actually Savage, unlike yep. SummerSlam, where nothing was said yeah. about it. You see him going. Then you see yeah, Savage is in the corner, scout like having a scowl on his face, looking at Hulk and pointing at him. And then kind of goes over to Elizabeth, and you see him lip like, "What's going on?" And then after that, Hulk comes up and, "Oh, we won!" And then Macho Man snaps out of it, and they celebrate. So now they start planting the little seeds. Now you see it on TV where they're doing it on purpose. They're starting to show a rift. Then you fast forward to Royal Rumble '89. Where both Hulk and Savage are in it. Savage was team or feuding with Bad News Brown at this point. Hulk was feuding with Bossman and Akeem. And um, and so they get in there where they're both in the ring at the same time. And then I think uh Savage is fighting in the corner with Bad News the whole time. And then Hulk is on one on the other side of the ring. He cleans house, eliminates. <coughs> he just sees Bad News Brown, who kind of has Macho Man like almost over, and then he scoops Bad News Brown up and tips them both out. So Savage comes back in pissed off because Hulk eliminated him and he points Hulk, you know, puts his finger right in Hulk's face and Hulk slaps his finger out of his face and they start arguing, whatever. Elizabeth comes down, calms them down. But again, now it's an obvious we're, you know, fueling this fire, this fire, this smoke is going to become a fire pretty soon. So then they shake hands. The place goes nuts. Hulk stays in the Royal Royal Rumble a little bit longer, gets eliminated. And like, so now it's something they start talking about on TV. You know, oh, they're all fine. They're fine. Like, you know, everything's Who won that Rumble, by the way? Uh, Big John Studd. The the first, (laughs) the first Royal Rumble ever won by Big fucking John Studd. So that's where we get into um, another infamous, uh, I would say, is it main event or? It's the main event. The main event. Yeah. So we're we're getting into the, the next main event. And we have the Mega Powers going against Bye. the 
Twin Towers. Am I right on that? Yeah. The Twin Towers. Uh, we have Akeem, formerly One Man Gang. Uh, what a change, right? I love when he did his little lock and pop steps. You not know? racist at all. It's no, not at all. It's fine. It's all good. Big pictures of Africa on his uh, <laughs> on his costume <laughs> and shit. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. And Get the it. big and the big boss man, right? Uh, a real true tough guy too. I think in a lot of ways. Uh, and anyways, <laughs> in, in that match. Uh, we have a really a really fantastic segment where, you know, Elizabeth gets hurt and everything kind of falls off the rail by storyline. Just can you get into that on the specifics? I know you tell that Brother, better than I do. This is super cool. Like it's I don't really know how, good. If you go back and watch it, I don't. They do this spot where Akeem throws Macho Man out through the middle rope and he he just fucking gets thrown straight into Elizabeth. And it was not a like puss fall at all. It wasn't like a feather you know fall at all. It was like the, he crashed into her and she hits her head on the ground and everything. Like, it's pretty cool the way they did it. They timed it perfect, and um, it looked really good. So now she's sprawled out. Macho Man sprawled out. Hulk get, comes down. He, of course, starts tending to her. But again, they're kind of fueling it to where it's like, okay, now he's ignoring the match, and he's just taking care of Elizabeth. And so he picks her up, and he takes her to the back and leaves Macho Man all by himself. And then you just see Macho Man, like, pointing back to Hulk, like, where are you going? What are you doing? And then Boss Man and Akeem are double-teaming him and all that stuff. And then, so Hulk takes it in the back, and this is where... You start getting into the backstage vignettes, which hadn't really been done. Yeah, they've done backstage interviews and they did like the silly vignettes where like Steamboat's learning how to talk. But like this is the live camera following them back. You never really saw like behind in the locker room. So they follow Hulk and Elizabeth back there. The medics are putting Elizabeth on a you know a little uh, bed, medical bed, trying to, you know, she wakes up eventually. And he's like, oh, my God. And they go to commercial. Then they come back from commercial and. You see uh, Hulk like holding her hand, like, oh, Elizabeth, please be okay. Please be okay. And then she wakes up. She's like, oh, my God, where's Randy? Brother, brother. Why? <laughs> where's Randy? <laughs> Why are my pants off? Where's Randy? Whoa, hey, and then whoa. he's like, just, don't worry about that, brother. <laughs> just drink, drink this, brother. You weren't supposed <laughs> to wake up. <laughs> so Elizabeth's brother. Are we this high, brother? Oh, shit. Like, so, so they do that. It's so fucking terrible. Why is it that I go to the lowest company? Brother. That's what that's what I do here. Oh, I'm sorry so, about that. So um so they do that and then they keep cutting back to the match where Macho Man's getting like double teamed by Boss Man and Akeem and he's getting his ass beat and even the Jit Ventura's like, Oh, I see that Hogan deserted his partner and all that stuff. So finally Elizabeth's like, Where's Randy? He's out in the ring. Oh, duh. I have I came to help you. And then Elizabeth's like, Go, just go, go. And so Hulk runs out there. <laughs> Fucking stop touching you, you, you <laughs> give me my pants and get you, out. And he's like, All right, but oh you you, <laughs> you uh you are a much better actor than Elizabeth. I'll I'll say that. Just yeah. go. Let's get oh, out. Just go and take care of him. <laughs> give me my clothes and leave. I asked you a hundred times. And so like he leaves and he comes back out to the ring. He gets on the apron, he's like, All right, macho. <laughs> I just got a quick nooner, brother. Come on, brother. Like and he's all jazzed up on the ring. And then so Macho finally gets the advantage. And then he comes up and you think he's going to tag Hulk. And then he slaps Hulk across the face. Hey, that's that's a legal tag, brother. Yes. Yeah, so Hulk's, Hulk's legally in at this point. And so <laughs> I, look, I don't wish harm upon anybody. Okay. I know sexual assault is wrong. Can we just everyone just pretend <laughs> I didn't say that? Smell my finger, brother. <laughs> that's, see, that's fucking terrible. That's terrible. <coughs> I'm glad you said that, cuz, because now people can see what a saint I am. Whatever, oh. <coughs> horrible bastard you are. Mm. So he was content. So, uh, so Macho slaps him or whatever, and Hulk's <sighs> like, "What's going on?" And you know all this, and Macho's like, "You left me or whatever." Macho storms to the back. Hulk now Hulk's getting double teamed. 
So then they go back to the back where Macho Man's yelling at Elizabeth going, why did you leave? And she's like, yeah, I don't even remember what happened. He, he just said, try this cookie. And that's the last thing I remember. And like, and that's it. And I woke up and just, I was wearing a weird outfit and I was wearing a maid's costume. And Macho Man's like, exactly. I told you. So he's all mad because he, you guys both deserted me. I, you know, he's jealous of me, blah, blah, blah. So the match wraps up. Hulk, I don't remember if Hulk pins someone or he wins by DQ or whatever, but he escapes. And he goes to the back and and he comes back, confronts him, and he's like, Where, where'd you go? Why'd you slap me? And he's like, Oh, you've always been jealous of me. So it's just really cool backstage vignette. This is it. Like they're exploding right here. And he just pretty much says, like, you've always been jealous of me. You're not a man. If you wanted to come at me like a man, you didn't have to try to take my girl. You could just ask me if you want a title shot. You know I'd beat you anyway. Like, you're just you're jealous of me. And then Hulk looks at Elizabeth. He's like, Elizabeth, try and talk some sense into this guy. And then Macho blinds him with the title and hits him right in the face with the title and knocks him over. I think I think uh, just a, a few things to elaborate on that that whole segment. There's so many flubs in that live portion. Um, oh, yeah. They fucked up so bad. Like Hogan asked for a count, right? In, yeah. Car- in Carney when he's already live. That's number one. And then number two, I think Jess talked about this with me recently and talked about Brutus coming in at totally, like way too fucking early because Brutus, the barber beefcake, was supposed to break it up. And he came in like fucking 30 seconds too early. And then he thought, oh, I'll just be smart about it. I'll come in at the right time, but I'll take my shirt off so they won't know I was the same person that walked in on camera and, and came back to break up Hogan and Macho. Uh, it's just, all, it was so bad. But but funny about it is like, no one even fucking, no one really cared. We didn't, we didn't realize it. We, we were just kids. We didn't understand it was a, you know, it was, it was messed up. But in hindsight, you look at it and you're like, oh, they, they fucked that up pretty bad. This was all live. This was not Saturday Night's main event. It was called the main event. It was live, primetime NBC. So they're doing all these backstage vignettes live, which is what they do all the time now. But this was like really a first. They didn't pre-tape it, which you would think they would have. But they didn't. They just did it all live. And so they're back here in like this locker room. And so the the here's what was supposed to happen. What's supposed to happen was Macho Man hits him with the belt, gets mounts on top of Hulk like a UFC fighter and starts punching him. Then Brutus Beefcake is supposed to come in and be like, what are you doing, Macho Man? And then Macho Man gets up and punches him and Beefcake falls out of camera. So what this dipshit did was Macho hits him with the belt. But before Macho could mount him, here comes Beefcake. And he had like a shirt on and his wrestling tights on you know, a shirt and wrestling tights on. So he comes in and then you see Macho kind of look at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, and then BK leaves and just de- for a second, he's like, uh, oh, and he just leaves. and He just gets off camera. Then Macho mounts him and starts punching him. And then Beefcake comes in this time with no shirt on because genius Beefcake is like, well, I fucked up right there. But if I take my shirt off, nobody will know it's Beefcake considering he's wearing tights with like shreds, like all down. I mean, you it's unmistakably 
Like, it's total Brutus Beefcake. There's no mistaking this. So on live TV, he pops in real quick. He's like, oh, shit, and, like, leaves, and you see him. And then, like, Macho Man gets on Hulk and starts punching him. Then Beefcake comes in with, I'll take my shirt off. Takes his shirt off, comes in. Macho Man punches him and, and gets him out of the thing. The second flub is after that happens, Macho leaves. They go to commercial. But so they're live again. So some director is supposed to be there in the locker room while they're airing commercials and be like, all right, guys, we're coming back live in five, four, three, and do the whole thing. So the director forgot to count down. So they went back live. Hulk is casually standing by the wall and you kind of see him go, do, 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 do. And then he just, and he speaks carny talk. You know how like, you know, Snoop Dogg says, for shizzle, man, nizzle, and all that stuff. He didn't create that talk. Snoop Dogg legitly has been a wrestling fan for years. That talk is called wrestling carny talk. And they talk like that when they're around like autograph sessions. When they used to keep kayfabe, they used to talk like that around fans. So they'd be like, you going to the hotel? Like, and that would just be real quick. Like, are you going to the hotel? Which if they would say that in front of a fan back in like 1980, something like, hey, heel, are you going to go back to the hotel? Yeah, no problem, man. See you there. Like they don't want fans to hear that. So they would speak like this Izzle talk or this carny talk. So Hulk is live on TV. Nobody counted him down. So he's like, dude, do doing his nails and shit. And then he, he looked around at the director off screen. He's like, hey, what's the tizzle? And they're just like, you hear someone say something. He's like, oh, macho man. And then he gets in character and starts walking down the hall. It's great. <laughs> of course, all of this is cut off the network, but you can find it on YouTube. It's fucking great. Like the live TV folks, like they, they did end up mastering it because, you know, they do raw live every week, you know, and there's considering how much they do live TV now. There's very little fuck ups when you think about yeah. it. But back here, like, yeah, it was it's more really polished funny. now. It's yeah. one of the most famous scenes in wrestling history in the sense but of that, yeah. the breaking up of them. But there were so many technical fuck ups. Like, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously that leads to. Oh, shit. Let me roll back up here. Hold on for almost one second. That actually leads to our WrestleMania five match. Great match. Maybe I say good match. It, it, it all I have to say is I don't want to talk too much about it because we know. We already know what it was going to. We already know that Savage was going to lose to Hogan. That was the that was the plan for over a year and a half from when from when all this started. When when he basically lost the title to to Steamboat at WrestleMania three, when lost the IC title, we knew that's where it was going in hindsight, right? So the match was good, but it never will live up to the storyline they built for a year and a half. I, I don't think any match really could. It'd be very difficult, but it was a very good, well well told story in the ring and. Hogan's off to his next title run. Well, and the buildup to this was great, too, because this yeah. is when all the footage came in. So leading up to Mania, they would just, you know, every week on Superstars would be like, let's hear from the champion. Let's mm -hmm. hear from the challenger. And then this is where Macho would do an interview going, oh, Hogan, I'm so sick of your lust. And you could see like green and hot dogging. Yeah, he's full on heel. And they would tease like whose corners Elizabeth going to be yeah. in. It's going to be Macho Man. It's going to be Hulk. So they had all this stuff going on leading up to Mania 5. And, and uh, push Macho back like, to yeah, a full hill. Check yeah. this clip out. And it would be the clip from when they won at SummerSlam. Yeah. And Hulk would help her up on the shoulder, but then Macho would pause it right when Hulk's hands on her ass. Touch your, like, See, right touch, there. Your, touch your butt, brother. Right there. I count one, two, three, four <laughs> fingers. Where's your pinky, brother? No. <laughs> he didn't say that. So he Smell would my pinky, brother. They would they would tease like that, and then Hulk would have an interview either the next week or right after, going, Macho, you like to distort this, brother. We were best friends, brother. Here's the real footage, and it would just show it happening, and it actually was nothing at all. And so they would do cool stuff like that where, again, 
six months before this happened, they taped stuff on purpose that they knew we're going to use this for Macho to play to make it look like Hulk was making a move on Elizabeth and moving in on his territory. It was just genius. It was great storytelling. I can't talk enough about it. does nothing but lie, brother love. And you told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. I love him like a brother. It's a lie, Hulk Hogan, and that's enough to get me hot. But what you said to Elizabeth is enough to get me to the boiling point. Yeah! I love Elizabeth. Hulk Hogan, you say you love Elizabeth? I got news for you, man. I got news for you. Elizabeth is going to be in the corner of the macho man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 5. Yeah! And let me tell you something. You say you love me like a brother. Well, listen to this, Hulk Hogan. Concern, I thought it was a very good match. I think a couple things went yeah. wrong in this match. I think that, first of all, the acoustics of the Trump Plaza like were terrible. So they had WrestleMania 4 and 5 at the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino, the Trump Arena, where they had a lot of boxing. And uh, just the acoustics were terrible. And in Atlantic City, it wasn't necessarily a wrestling hotbed. So a lot of, like, whales and stuff. And for people who don't know, whales are not heavy people. They are um, people who bet a lot. So a lot of the tickets in the front row and all in the front were were comped and given to the whales. And, you know, so a lot of people. And you could see Donald Trump in the front row with his wife at the time. and, uh, And they were sitting there. It was Ivana Trump at this time? I don't remember who it was. No, I don't, know. I don't know. It doesn't. No, Ivana is with her now, right? I don't yeah, even know. Ivanka, who's, yeah. Who's president? I have no idea. Um, so <laughs> your mom? No, she she do a much better. Job. She really um, would. So <laughs> question that is, what a stupid question. But I watch you a lot. You ask a lot of stupid questions. See if you're listening, we love you, uh, president. <laughs> so. So it was just like it, the acoustics were terrible. It wasn't like you, you couldn't hear anything. It didn't sound like the crowd was into it because they kind of weren't. Half the tickets were comped. So like the whole front row was just like non-energetic and dead and all yeah. that stuff. And so the WrestleMania 4 and 5 were not known for their acoustics. Like it just sounded like a dead show. So that was one strike against them. Strike two was Hulk bladed in the match, but he didn't blade good enough. So by the by the end of the match, it was pretty much almost wiped off his face. So the whole thing was for Macho to make Hulk bleed and beat him up a little bit and kind of get sympathy on Hulk. And then, you know, Hulk would win in the end. So that the 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 psychology in the match kind of got ruined by those two things I just mentioned. But mm-hmm. really, like, it was a good match. It was a really solid match. And the Elizabeth was in a neutral corner and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And they did this whole thing. And, like, it was just it was a really well thought out match and everything. And it was a solid match. They did some things to each other that they normally didn't do on TV. And so, like, it was really cool. And, yeah, Hulk beats him and pretty much did the classic <clears throat> kick out of the elbow drop, Hulk, Hulk up, big boot, leg drop, done. Yeah. And that was the way it was all planned. And Macho Man left or whatever. And, you know, it was just pissed off. And you could tell sure. I would return and all that stuff. So Hulk could win his second WWF championship here. A couple of um, sidebars to this, I think, is you know pretty fascinating. One, not so fascinating. We'll talk about that first. Like you said, Elizabeth, neutral corner. This leads to uh, Savage going with Sensational Sherry going forward for a true... Back to, just back to heel run and no, there's no better. Sherry was great too to do that as an she escort. Was, God, Sherry was great. The other there. thing, the other thing that um, is quite fascinating in my mind that people forget about: Macho Man was carrying a huge staph infection at this time, 
And actually, that's why his elbow was completely taped up and was in the hospital trying to get over a staph infection. Checks himself out of the hospital because there's no fucking way you're missing WrestleMania. Nowadays, that would never happen. Yeah, you would. Yeah, they would. They would have to cancel. Yeah, they would have to, literally. There's no way you could wrestle yeah. with a staph infection. So he. So he. Yeah. yeah, he straight up gets. He checks himself out of the hospital, tapes up his elbow, and puts on a really good match uh, to to try to rival that storyline as best as possible. But there were some things riding against them, and it is it is Macho v Hogan. I, I would say it's a good match, but it's if you really had to put a match together, like you wouldn't like the, to make a great match, you wouldn't put Hogan and Savage together to make a great match. It was still a very good match, but I still find it fascinating that he came in there with a freaking staph infection, could have died, and still carried yeah. that match on. But and he I, also had good storytelling to yeah, go along with. Of course, yeah, yeah. good. And I want okay I want to kill yeah, another shit sure. rumor. Another, oh, yeah. or it wasn't even it's not even a rumor. It's now that fans, you know, the smarties hindsight like bullshit. to look back on this and be like, it's like, with like Hul- you know, Savage should have beat Hulk. I mean, no, 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 no. And I'll tell you why, and, and I'll be really quick about it too. So when I was in high school, I was in drama, right? And I was in, you know, like some most of the leads of the plays. And I'm not trying to like, you know, shower myself with praises. I just was in drama and I was the lead and all that stuff. So the last play I was going to do my senior year was uh, West Side Story. So I can sing decently. I can hold a tune, but I can't hit those notes. For those who don't know that West Story, Tony was the lead role. So I was very insecure about myself. So what I decided to do was, and I'm equating this to wrestling, so hopefully people will pick up on the metaphor. I decided to politic in the back, and I went to the director, who was my drama teacher, and in private, and I said, hey, look, like, you know, I, I've never directed before. See, every show he would have called, what's called a stage manager, which is like assistant director, and he would always choose a student, and you would get that experience. So I was like, you know, I've never been your stage manager before. I'd love to be your stage manager. You know, I've never done that. And he kind of looked at me, and he was just like, okay. I, I, can I give you some advice? And I'm like, yeah. And the only reason why I played this card was to get him to show his cards. Because if he was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'd be like, okay, he wasn't going to cast me in the role that I was going to try out for anyway. So I'll just, you know, save myself the embarrassment of auditioning and not getting it right. Um, instead of just knowing that that's a life lesson. And sometimes you get things, sometimes you don't like, you know, it's life me. I just tried to play politics because I was being a shithead and I'm not proud of it. And I, no, to get to- I would be proud of it. It's smart. Well, I mean, it was just something that I don't think should be. But it's 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 to emulate the politics in the backstage of a uh, wrestling of course, locker room. Of course, yeah. Point. yeah. So yeah. I went and I played the politics, and I was like, basically, if he's like, sure, that sounds good, Jess. Like, I'd be like, okay, I'm God, I didn't do it, you know, because like he, I was going to embarrass myself and not get the role, and then I maybe wouldn't have even gotten stage manager. So then he looked at me and he was like, can I tell you some, you know, tell you something, give you some advice? Yeah, I just want you to audition like you were. What role were you going to audition for? I was like, well, Tony, obviously. He's like, I would just say, keep doing what you're doing. Okay. So I did, and I got the part. And I knew I couldn't hit the notes. I knew I couldn't. Um, so afterwards, I went and talked to him, and I said, hey, like, you know, uh, and he's like, hey, do you, can I tell you, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, can I tell you why I did what I did? And the guy that I was up against Tony with could sing really well. Yeah. yeah, and he could sing so much better than me, and he could hit all the notes with ease, and I struggled and all that stuff. He was like, oh, I had a choice to make. He's like, I know you can act really well. And Tony has some really heavy, serious lines, and he's a serious role in this. It's a musical, West Side Story. So, yeah, but I know you can sing okay. You can sing decent. So I know with some coaching, you can hit the notes I need you to hit, but you can act well. So I I have confidence in you. If I casted him, he could sing really well, and that would be great. But when it came to acting and stuff, he would be so bad, 
and again, he didn't say these exact words, but it was something around like this fashion. Uh, he would not be good enough to where it would kind of take people out of the emotion. You know, when you see bad acting, you're like, oh, I'm just taken out of this moment, you know? So I was like, oh, okay. And I learned back then that, wow, like as a director, he made a choice. So Vince has a choice is my point. I'm equating Vince to my director. Vince had a choice here. So what do I do? Do I take the guy that I know is my mega baby face, the guy that helped me tear the territory walls down and take my company from this regional success to this nationwide success? Now it's 1989. Hulk is more than a proven commodity at this point. And he's the biggest thing. He's a household name. He's just as big as like Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the same level of like people. Oh, yeah, that's Hulk Hogan. Even people who didn't like wrestling. Oh, that's Hulk. Like they knew who he was. So do I have my guy? who's really good at two things. I know he could be a heel because he was a heel for me and a very successful one at that. And then he became a face when Hulk was gone and he was very successful at that. So what do I do? Do I beat Hulk and risk having Hulk chase him throughout the summer and have it not be very good? Because Hulk's character in any other wrestling territory, that would have worked, right? You chase the heel and the face doesn't necessarily all, all win it. I and mean, he might win it every now and then. And that's a big moment, but it's always about the chase, right? The baby face would chase the heel champion. That's what other promotions would do. Vince was all about the baby faces. So Vince is like, do I just go against my own formula that I've made this past five years? Um, or do I put the title back on my mega baby face, turn the guy heel again, who I know can play heel and ride that out and put him in with a different person or get him in a different feud or whatever. You know, I could do so many different things. Or do I risk like having Macho Man beat Hulk, a heel beat Hulk, and then have that kill Hulk's image, his appeal, his draw, because I've booked him to be like this unbeatable guy. The only way he got his title took off him was from twin fucking referees, right? Like he couldn't get beat fair. Not even a giant could beat him. And so that's what you do. So director Vince McMahon said, I'm going to cast the right role with the right actor and I'm not going to screw myself. Why would I do that just to make things quote unquote interesting, you know, or the other way around, you know, Bruce talks on his podcast. We should have turned Hulk heel. No, again, this is 1989. You do not know that that is going to work. You have no idea that that's going to work. So hindsight is whatever you want to say it is. So a lot of the smart marks now and all the smarties like to say, oh, because they like Savage and I like Savage too. And I think he's fantastic. And, you know, it's easy to hate on Hulk now and all that stuff. But no, Vince made the right choice. You go with your cash cow and your mega baby face. Vince made the right choice. So anybody who wants to fantasy book and say, oh, Macho should have beat him. Can you imagine what he would have done after that? No, because you go, if you're running your own business, you would have made the same fucking decision. Well, the proof is in the pudding. Look at, look at Hogan's legacy after that. And then we know he was a heel before that, you know, facing guys like the outlaw. But well, that's it. I'm glad you brought, brought that up actually, because he was a heel when he first yeah. started, but he was like, you know, like when people first break into the sport, everyone wants to be a heel because when you're start. nervous, right? When you're nervous and you're not sure about your abilities and, and you're out in front of people and you're, you're kind of climbing up, it's easy to be yeah. a heel. Shut up yeah, over there. Shut, the sit down and shut up. You up. Yeah. I'm the best. Look at but, me. So why, do you, was why that? do you sound like triple H right now? Huh? But look at how successful his heel run was later. Obviously, well, I'm getting that later. Look so at all that experience. Proof. That's more proof. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're, you're absolutely that's right. What I'm saying, yeah. And, and and look at all that experience that he had to get. You know, so so to say, so he wasn't a successful heel. You know, Macho was right. Macho was fantastic as a heel. And uh, yeah, they were taking Elizabeth away from him at this point. But at the same time, like he's he was so good, there was really no doubt that it was going to work. So to all those people out there that want to say, oh God, you know, like um, you know. 
I saw that earlier. Uh, you know, all the people out there that want to say like, uh, you know, yeah, Macho should have won. No, he shouldn't have. Like, guys, it's a classic babyface versus steel story. Hulk was going to win. It was telegraphed. It was that way. And it worked really, really well. No, of course. I mean, like I said, this, this was planned out for so long. And <laughs> it, it's just... It just sounds crazy. It's it's not this bad, but it's like blow my brother it, off. You know, in, in your in your play scenario, if you have the choice to run your leading guy or or the stand-in, you're gonna run your leading guy. The stand-in is only there in case the leading man can't go. And if Hogan couldn't go, then they yeah. would go with Macho Man. But we all we knew that wasn't gonna happen. Hogan was back. He was gonna be back for a while. And like I said, that's your cash cow. And he People wasn't love again. Hogan. Everybody likes to look, and they like to to look back and and book, no. book off yeah. what happened. No. Well, yeah, you know, two years later, the business did get softer. But that's and, not and why Hulkamania started to get fatigued. But nobody knew in '89 that Hulk was getting fatigued. It hadn't happened yet. Hulkamania was still popular. It was still big. He was still pulling in the money and the ratings. I was going to say, do, like, do, do you you need to you seriously need to run that cash cow dry? Why yes. would you? Why would you pull the? Why would you pull the dough? When it's still when it's still pouring just because out some smart stuff. fans hate Hulk and they're just like God. Oh my God! That would have put Hulk in his place, right? Because successful businesses get that way by someone. I'm really obviously the right decisions were made because he was a cash cow twice. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, there you go. So it's, it's nothing so against Macho. Be. Macho was it, it was almost you can argue, there should be no times. dispute about it though. Yeah, it was yeah to his it was to his own detriment, Macho, because he was so good at both. You're just going to get cast in other roles. He was more of a workhorse than Hulk was in that sense. At, at, at that at that moment in time, you could argue that Macho was more versatile than Hogan. I mean, Hogan. There's no way at I don't that even know moment if you could argue that it was true. It was true because yeah, there was no there was no way that Hogan could be turned but heel. But those versatile guys don't get. Uh, don't get the goal. But but turning but churning Hogan Hill, could you imagine trying it? People would probably reject it at that moment. That's probably because usually turning someone Hill's not, not even that, bad. that or just keeping Savage Hill, having Savage beat him. Even if Savage cheated at Mania, it would have taken all the luster off Hulk. And yeah, like yeah. And, and it would have been I maybe people wouldn't have tuned in or mm-hmm. went to house shows to watch Hulk chase him. Sure. Hulk did Hulk was a monster. He was six foot seven, three hundred pounds. For him to be an underdog. You would almost have to have an Andre beat him and Hulk chase him or something like that. Sure. If you were going to do that, not Macho. Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. And and this is where obviously we know Macho goes full hero turn. Like we talked about, he changes managers. We get sensational sharing into the match. Mix, excuse me. The feud would also continue as Savage carries uh, Zeus around for a few months. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, say what you want, though, in all honesty. And, and it was, it, Zeus was ridiculous in the whole thing. They were doing it to promote, to promote, to that. Promote the video release of the movie and all that stuff. Yeah, that's and fine. So it was all it was all a marketing it. plan. So it was a, it was Zeus was terrible. I get it. But, but again, SummerSlam '89 actually got a big buy rate. Yeah, and uh, and it did very well for them. It sold out the Meadowlands. Obviously. People wanted to see it. But I yeah. have to tell you that in this whole thing, we know that uh, I think his name is Tiny. Is that right? Tiny Lister. Yeah, he's he's an actor. He's he's a full blown actor. He's a legit actor. Yeah. He literally goes to punch someone, misses them by a foot because that's what actors do. And they had to try. No, you need to hit him for real. We'll be really kind to you, but you need to hit him in the face. Yeah. Uh, Macho had to carry this motherfucker for months and and do the promo work for him. <clears throat> really, really carry him. Into this pay per view, once again showing the versatility of Randy, 
uh, Macho Man Savage. Because, they, again, they trusted him. He's a yeah. director. Vince was a director. Mm-hmm. Who can I put? Vince knew before Hulk beat Savage at Mania 5 that we're going to go to SummerSlam with mm-hmm. this guy Zeus and we're going to bring the movie to life and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. And so, like, yeah, it was corny and Zeus was terrible and all that stuff. And, you know, but at the same time, SummerSlam at the time was just the main event was usually a tag match, just the way it worked out. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so, it, like I said, it got a big buy rate. Hulk and Beefcake against Zeus and Savage got a big buy rate. It, it just mattered. did like it. The wrestling was on fire still. And uh, it was a it was a good buildup. And I know, again, this was the bubblegum cartoon company. And you could go watch something else yeah. if you wanted to. But um, but yeah, I mean. Exactly. And, and that's where they would lose both main event matches to Hogan and Brutus Beefcake with Elizabeth in their in their corner. Um, and that kind of ends the Macho Man Hogan feud for the most part. Yeah. And Elizabeth pretty much disappeared at this point. Um, yeah, because I think they were really, I think at this moment they were really splitting up. I, it's pretty close. No, not it. yet. They weren't yet. Yeah, but you can tell like she wanted to be gone. Yeah, I think, I think Savage wanted her gone. And I think uh, this is worth the point where Savage, I think, and her wanted to try to have kids. Yeah. I think he started to kind of cycle off the roids. And I'm not speaking out of school. He's admitted he took roids. Sure. And he was cycling a lot off of whatever. Men. That's why Macho started wearing a shirt as Macho King and all that stuff. And yeah. And that's where it comes in, right? We got Macho Man winning King of the Ring in 89. And he actually changes his persona to the Macho King. Uh, he well, he did, didn't wear a shirt yet, but yeah. He yeah, exactly right. But, he, but he's coming to that Macho King persona. He got a rematch with Hogan to end the feud. Uh, lost for that final time. Hogan, I'm sorry, Hogan, shit. Savage then began feuding with Dusty Rhodes. And, I, and you know, I got I to gotta be honest. I wish I had better memories of that feud. It just wasn't as good as it could have been. Uh, it great, was hokey. It was, a, you know, yeah. they had a mixed man tag match at WrestleMania 6. And it was entertaining for what it was. And Sapphire yeah. could barely do anything in there and, you know, all that stuff. But Sherry and Savage carried the show. And Dusty was charismatic and all that stuff. I mean, it was funnish, I guess, for what it was. It was fine. Yeah, it was one of those. Feuds. It was two big names. It was Dusty Rhodes and Macho Man. <laughs> That's what I'm but, saying. You know. I, I think in hindsight, it's like it, it should have been better than it was. Yeah, for sure. Because of the but it wasn't involved. treated as serious. It's not like it was a blood. Feud it was a mid card. I mean, yeah. it was literally a mid card feud for over a year almost. I mean, and and they and they did what they could, and it was always good. I, and I always think that Dusty almost always got the best of him because, like I said, it's a face territory, right? Uh, and that's just the way it goes. Uh, you know, so on the like I said, on the outside of kayfabe, Jess, you touched on this. Macho wanted to be out of the ring more. He and Elizabeth were attempting to have a baby, and he was hoping to have some extra time. So the plan was to put in place a few with the Warrior, and that that match also gets planned into a retirement match, so Macho can go uh, more behind the the desk, so to speak. So that happens at WrestleMania Seven. We talked about this in great detail in Episode Seven of the the Legacy of the Warrior, but just recapping real quick. Savage loses uh, this match, um, and he does have to be. He does get forced to retire, but him and Elizabeth reunite on that on that pay per view, and he kind of rides off into the commentary sunset, which is which is a pretty cool storyline. But that was all planned out so he can get more time, uh, you know, off TV, kind of get off the the trail, so to speak. A lot of the commentary work, you know, was taped. They could do it from one place, and they could take. Yeah. They can. They can record several weeks of programming in a sitting, and that's what he wanted to do, uh, at least at that moment. But it kind of starts that whole controversy of Macho Man. What does he really want? Does he want to be in the ring? Does he want to take over? Does he want to? Does he think he still has the ability to be the face that runs the place, for lack of a better term? Uh, it kind of starts there, uh, and that commentary life doesn't really last too long. Savage continued to wrestle. Um, on joint efforts in Japan. We talked about that briefly uh, um, with our 
Wrestling Getting Real episode last week, we were really talking about Tenta and his real match, but but Macho actually wrestled on that same card, and they, they made note that he was uh, ending his obligations before he officially retired, right? But he, he still wrestled. So he was wrestling there. He Every time somebody didn't show up, like the fucking warrior, uh, guess who was covering for him? It was the Macho Man at these times. If, right? the, if the warrior didn't get suspended after SummerSlam 91, I don't know if we would have seen a second title reign with Savage. I don't really know. Yeah. I said that in the Warrior episode that if you keep the Warrior on the path that he was, he was feuding with Jake. Jake turned on him and the stupid shit and the Cobra. And um, the Undertaker was kind of mixed into it or whatever as well. It was kind of like a trifecta thing. Warrior was feuding with Undertaker. Jake said, hey, I'm a snake. Come with me. I'll teach you the dark side. That's the only way you're going to learn yeah. to beat the Undertaker. And then Jake turns on him and sides with the Undertaker. Warrior shortly after that gets suspended and kicked off TV. And uh, so they bring Macho out of retirement and they do the segment. They taped the segment afterwards where Jake put a Cobra in the box at their wedding reception. Sure. They got, they got married on TV, Elizabeth and Macho. They already married in real life, Savage and Elizabeth. But since they got reunited at WrestleMania 7, they married live on the air at SummerSlam 91. It was called The Match Made in Heaven and The Match Made in Hell. The main event was Hulk and Warrior against Sergeant Slaughter's bullshit crew. And that's when the warrior pretty much literally after he walked on the back was called in the Vince's office and suspended until further notice because he held him up for money, quote unquote. And we cover more of that in the warrior episode. So go and listen to that if you want the more longer story. So that happens. And then so basically it's like, OK, this was for the warrior. He was going to feud with Jake and all that stuff or whatever. So Macho Man gets pretty much brought out of retirement. They film real quick. The Cobra being in the one of the presents at the wedding reception. And then they do that. So now Macho's kind of feuding with. But Macho's still commentating. He's still retired. Then on a, a really cool moment, they do this thing where Jake comes down on Superstars of Wrestling like he's going to wrestle a prelim. Starts getting on the microphone, bad mouthing Macho Man. Macho Man's had enough of that shit. Gets up and walks down. Savage or uh, um uh. Roberts cuts him off and then ties him up in the ropes and a cobra and legit cobra who's, you know, obviously defanged, but a legit cobra bites Macho Man on the arm and they fake like the venom's running through his veins and all that stuff. But it was a really graphic segment. Looking snake I've ever seen in my life. He's got it too close to him. Keep it away from it. That snake is trying. Wait a minute, the snake is running. Oh, the snake is biting him. The snake is biting him. Roddy Piper on his way to get some help. The snake is gnawing on the arm of Randy Savage, who's helpless, tied in the ropes. All I can say is that snake. Unlike the shit. Cobra segments with Warrior and, and Jake. This was awesome because it was done live in the ring and the snake actually bit his fucking arm and broke skin because even though he's defanged, he still has, you know, like the little of uh, the small teeth. He was devenomized. Yeah, he was devenomized. So, so the fangs take, were still there. Oh, they were, yeah, yeah. I mean, I or they take most of them out. And they and they wouldn't and he that snake wouldn't let go. Yeah. 
So yeah. that was awesome. It got a little dangerous the, for a minute. Yeah, you see the snake gnawing on his arm and all yeah. that stuff. And it's a legit cobra. It really is. And so that was awesome. So you have all this this steam behind him. And they do this whole petition where reinstate Macho Man. And they do it. So finally, yeah. he comes out of retirement like a couple days after Survivor Series of 91 on the Tuesday night in Texas ripoff pay-per-view. And yep. Savage December comes, of 91. Yeah. Savage comes out uh, of retirement, beats Jake Roberts and all that stuff. And then pretty much uh, the Undertaker turns face uh, at that point off of it. And then now Savage is back. He's an active wrestler and he gets entered in the Royal Rumble 92, which ends up being for the WWF championship because that becomes vacant late in 1991. Yeah. um, Do I have that right? That. The championship becomes vacant at the and it goes up at the Royal Rumble, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Savage is in it now. He's a part of it. So he's a back to an active wrestler. Yeah, he's, he's entered in the Royal it. Rumble '92, which the winner. So Savage is one of the final four in the ring, mm-hmm. and this is where shit gets nuts because we talk about it on the Hogan versus Flair episode, and yeah. we kind of talk about what if the Warrior never got suspended would kind of parlay right yeah. through this. So wrestling got fucking nuts at the beginning of '92 because. Vince in the back had really lost confidence in the Hulk versus Flair program, but Vince was like, okay, I'll go with you. Hulk was also having a falling out behind the scenes with Vince saying, I want to leave. Fuck you, brother. They were just, the romance was over. Hulk was getting the steroid trial was kind of coming and the accusations were starting to come out from people. And and it was not just steroids. It was about sexual assaults from Pat Patterson and all this stuff. And it was craziness that people started coming out of the woodworks and accusing, you know, Vince of, allowing sexual misconduct to go on behind the scenes and steroids broke. And so Hulk hadn't been on steroids. He'd gotten super flabby and out of shape and looked awful. You could tell his attitude was awful. He was injured. Hulkamania pretty much run its course at the end of 91 Mm -hmm. slash beginning of 92. And so Flair had come aboard and that was a big deal in the wrestling world. But really Vince never had the confidence of Hulk versus Flair, which is what we should have seen. So what Vince went was with plan B because there was the final four in the ring. It was macho man, Sid justice, Hulk and Flair. Basically, they did a whole schmoz where Vince could cover his ass. It was going to be Hulk versus Flair with Hulk beating Flair for the world title at WrestleMania 8. That was going to happen. Flair even admits it in his own book that that was booked. They talked about it. They even announced that as the main event. What they did at the end of the Rumble was Savage gets eliminated by Sid. Uh, Sid looks at Hulk and goes, oh, you want Flair? Have at him, man. So Hulk turns his back on Sid and starts hammering on Flair, starts to dip Flair over the rope. Sid stinks up behind him, throws him out, and then Hulk gets pissed off and grabs Sid by the arm, and then Flair dumps Sid out and wins the title. So now they have the title on Flair. Vince could be like, I could put it on Hulk, or I can, if Hulk's being a dick behind the scenes, which he was, and he was threatening to leave, if Hulk's not going to stay around, I'm not going to have him win the title. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do that thing with Sid at the end of Royal Rumble and kind of make him face off and make it a thing to where if Hulk wants to stay around, he could beat Flair and then Sid will tour with Hulk during the summer and challenge for the title and maybe even win it. I don't know that for a fact, but could could have happened. Or I could split it and make the main event Macho against Flair because he was one of the final four in there and Hulk versus Sid. Well, they did kind of the same old thing that they'd done every year at the main events uh, leading up to it where it was a tag match between Hulk and Sid against Flair and Taker. Basically, Sid turns on Hulk, doesn't tag him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. the whole thing. Now you got Hulk versus Sid at Mania 8, and you have Savage versus uh, Flair for the title. So all of a sudden, he goes from retired to, fuck, Warrior's gone. Let's put him in here. And now Macho Man's challenging Ric Flair WrestleMania Federation Championship match. You are the champion, Ric Flair. 
And I am the challenger for a little while. But when the bell rings in the Hoosier Dome, the Macho Man Randy Savage is going to take it to you. WrestleMania 8, <clears throat> Macho Man actually defeats Flair. And what I thought was a great match told in and out of the ring. Uh, one, you could argue that that match or Piper and Brett were the best match on that show. Oh, but for definitely the, for the IC title. Jesus. But show wise, I would say Flair and, and Savage did a hell of a job. Well, because there was like there was a couple of things there. First of all, I don't think anybody in this room that's talking right now even honestly thought that Savage was going to beat Flair because Flair was the greatest of all time, right? In a lot of people's minds, oh, it's Savage Flair. Flair's going to take that and move well, on. And, and the good thing was, I could see it not happening if Flair. Yeah. And, and it ended up being middle of the card too, the match. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh fuck, like Savage isn't winning. Yeah. Usually, you know, if it's the main event, they have the face go over WrestleMania. But if it was middle of the match, in my mind, even then, I was yeah. like, Flair's going to win. Flair's going to win. We all or, said that. Or he's going to defend. He's going to be sneaky. Fucking, you know, he, yeah. you he'll know, do something shitty. He had Mr. Perfect in his corner. He had something shitty. He or he'll get DQ'd yeah. or yeah, something. Yeah. He was going to keep the title. He was going to walk out with yeah. the belt. We all felt that. And then on top of that, we kind of started to think, oh, to save face, you know, they, they wreck Macho's leg. In the match, and Macho's basically wrestling on one leg, probably for the last eight minutes or so. And I'm like, he's selling the leg. Oh, they're giving him a decent out. Eventually, Flair's going to wrap that up in the figure four, and we're going to go home. Totally respectable. Macho beats him on one leg, man. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it was kind of like the first word. It we was ever odd. Saw. Like Flair bled, which was awesome. It was a great yeah. match, and then I don't. It really nowhere, was. It was kind of an odd roll up. He beat him with a weird roll up out of nowhere, and like. And uh, pin Flair, and then they did this cool scene at the end where Flair's bleeding like a pig, and he walks up to Elizabeth, yeah. and he's like, what about me? And he kisses Elizabeth, and then uh, Savage comes over, and Elizabeth slaps him away, and Savage comes over and does that. You, you- Have to backtrack a little bit because that's where that Savage Flair storyline came in, where there were quote unquote doctored photos where yeah. Elizabeth was hanging out with Flair and oh I she was I, she was mine before she was yours yeah and then you start to see the real photos and it's really Savage with Elizabeth you can tell you can see they were doctored later but Flair was using that to get under Savage's skin because if you really want to get under Randy's skin you use Elizabeth for yeah. that we've seen that at WrestleMania five it works pretty well but. Randy to another title win, which we were pretty excited about, I think, back in those days. And then we get into a, a quick title defense against an up-and-comer, uh, you know, just a guy named Shawn Michaels. No big deal. Macho kind of takes care of that match. Uh, you know, and Flair would, uh, you know, the Flair feud would continue. Warrior seems to be looming in the background because he's suspended, then he's back. Yeah, Warrior comes back at WrestleMania 8 to mm-hmm. save Hulk. So now Warrior's back in the picture. Yeah, he's back in there. And they end up facing each other in this co-main event of SummerSlam 92, yeah. Macho Man defending the belt against the Warrior. Yeah. I mean, and they, and they would they would they would feud, they would they would go in matches, they would cooperate for a time, but then eventually Macho Man would lose the title back to Flair on a, a taped episode of all things of primetime wrestling. I, I think it's kind of crazy how someone would lose a title and we wouldn't well, know it for like two weeks. WWE was in turmoil at this point behind yeah. the scenes for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. But what ended up happening was Elizabeth left Savage in real life behind the scenes. Yeah. He was so she up. was not on the road with him anymore. And uh, so Macho was completely depressed and just pretty much done. 
So Vince is like, okay, I'm going to book you to lose to Flair then. And, and I need you to go out there and sell the knee and do it right. There's a famous story where Razor Ramon comes in at the end. He interferes and then kind of helps Flair beat Savage. Uh, so the way Ramon tells it too, and I, a couple of the Flair told the same story. They go to tape this match and Macho's just not into it. And he's not energetic and he's just fucking flat and terrible. And the match was awful. And so they do it. Flair beats Savage for the title. They leave. They all go to the back. Uh, Vince is waiting for them at the curtain. He's like, "Get the, f- give me the fucking belt. F- Savage, you put the fucking belt back on and go back out there. And we're going to do the match over again. You guys are fucking terrible. And you fucking do it again. And so, like, the crowd's totally confused, this live crowd, because they're like, we just saw the title change hands. So, basically, they announced with the loudspeaker, uh, you know, fl- uh, Macho Man did not lose the title. He, this is just over the house show speaker. They don't, they never, this wasn't part of the storyline on TV. It was just what they had to do to get through this match. And then, so Vince was pissed at them, pissed at Savage because he wasn't performing well. Because he couldn't put on TV. Yeah. So Vince is like, this fucking match is trash. Like, Savage, you're awful. And like, you know, you need to go back out there and do it again. So they made the announcement like, uh, you know, Jack Tunney has said that, uh, you know, they must rematch. Macho Man did not lose the belt. They're going to redo the match or whatever. And like, so they do it. They go out there. It's barely better. Flair beats him again. And then so basically the way they tell us on syndicated television is just clips of the match with Vince McMahon narrating over it. And then at the end, Macho Man finally succumbed to the pain and he couldn't withstand it. They did. And it was awful. It sucked that Flair's second title reign began this way and Macho Man's second title reign ended this way. And again, it just was the turmoil that was WWF at this point because nothing was happening live on pay-per-views or anything like that. You it's know just I mean? personal it just life that. interfering with kayfabe. It's just you know? shit. And, and, and to say the least, because Jess is really already kind of t- touching it, this is where things get a little weird, you know? Uh, Macho would do some matches here and there. He would team with the Warrior. But in 93, he went back to the commentary booth. And, you know, I've heard some confusing theories as to why he would eventually leave Vincent you know, Vince Kennedy McMahon and the WWF, but he had to sub for a lot of other injured no-show wrestlers a lot of those times when he was supposed to be slowing down. Obviously, Elizabeth leaving him was a big factor in what happened here. Um, You know, some say he just didn't know what he wanted at this point, and he succumbed to more money and less dates with WCW, and that leads into, I think we've heard it on a few podcasts. Yeah, a he drunken stuck around, you know, WrestleMania 10, yeah. beat Crush in a eh, match. Yeah. And- you no, know, he did this shit angle with Repo Man. Repo Man stole his hat huh? on Monday Night Raw, and they would use Savage like that. And house shows that yeah, if someone no showed, they would put Savage in there. Exactly. I watched a house show, I think, at the Pond, and it was uh, Savage against El Gigante or Giant Gonzalez for some odd. I don't even know why. It was cool to see Macho, but yeah. it was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like it was just they would use Macho all that stuff, and yeah, so it was sad because like he. I think Macho really wanted to have more in the tank, but he didn't know what he wanted. Vince really is just like, you know what? You're going to be an ambassador. You're, you're a legend at this point. Your ring career is done. So just be like my ambassador. Be my legend or whatever. Hulk at this point had been like, goodbye. Fuck, suck my dick. And so like he left or whatever. Legitly suck it, brother. And so uh, that's kind of a combo of Macho Man and Hulk. Um, so Macho was kind of like McMahon's ambassador to his, his kind of, this is the guy from our past. You know, if you remember the 80s and 90s, this is the guy. So. But basically, in 94, it was time to go. And Vince got on uh, a live episode of Raw 
and pretty much said, you know, normally I have the Macho Man by my side here. I'm paraphrasing. Normally I have the Macho Man here by my side, but he's not here this week. We didn't come to terms on his contract. We wish him the best. Thank you for everything or whatever. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have more action for you momentarily. Uh, at this time, uh, obviously conspicuous by his absence is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And I'd like to uh, announce, unfortunately, that Randy Savage has been unable to sign a, a contract with the World Wrestling Federation, not unable to uh, rather come to terms with the World Wrestling Federation for a new contract. But, Randy, I know you're out there listening. And uh, on behalf of all of us here in the World Wrestling Federation, all of your fans, and certainly uh, me, the number one fan, I'd, I'd like to say thank you for all of your positive contributions uh, to the World Wrestling Federation. Thank you, Randy Savage, for, for all of the wonderful memories for so many years here in the World Wrestling Federation. Wish you it basically, you've heard a few podcasts talking about a uh, drunken conversation where Macho calls Vince in the middle of the night and says, um, I'm going to WCW, brother. And that's kind of the end of it. And that's where we get that that real life. And, and you can tell Vince is noticeably distraught by it. I think he, I think it's one of the closest relationships he had at the time next to Hogan, which was also hot and cold. Well, and there was also you know. a dumb rumor again. Oh, um, that rumor. I forget about I, that. I, yeah, that that here's the vicious rumor that went around. Yeah, that's not that, true. By the that, way, that uh, Stephanie McMahon, who I believe was just under eighteen at the time, I thought she was like fourteen or fifteen. Uh, no, a little older than that, I think. Um, and that Macho Man made an advance towards her, or Vince found out about a th- that they were, you know, doing stuff together. And this is like the famous, you know, rumor on the internet. And uh, Vince found out about it, and that's pretty much why. Well, here's the deal. Vince would not have gotten on live TV and almost cried and said goodbye to Macho Man if that happened. Then people would say, no, Vince found out about it later, a couple years later, because it was true. After WCW went out of business, they never mentioned Macho Man. He never had a nostalgia run, nothing like that. I the reason why that didn't happen is because Macho did not like Hulk in real life. So when Hulk came back in 2002, Macho did not want to have anything to do with him or be in the same promotion at all. So Macho just chose not to come back. I don't know why at that point Vince never talked about him a lot or anything like that, but the, the, it's not true. He did not have a relationship with Stephanie. Vince did not find out about it later and banish Savage or whatever. Because if that was the case, if that really happened, I don't think Macho would ever be in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, that, that, I was just going to say that. Yeah, they would have never inducted him in the Hall of Fame if, yeah. that was, if that was true. There was just a lot of personal heat between Macho and Vince, and Macho was super stubborn. Well, especially, especially Macho and Hulk, too. Yeah, and so and so Macho did not want anything to do. Now, later on, I don't know why Macho never came back for, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody really knows what happened, you know, like before Macho died and why he didn't reconnect with Vince. But some for some reason, he just stayed away. And it wasn't it wasn't because of the Stephanie thing. That That is bullshit. That no. A total rumor. No, and, and that's the thing, just to dispel that, guys. And, you know, we're, we're going to get into the WCW and ending days of Macho Man on our second episode of the Legacy of Macho Man. Well, that'll well, be the WCW plug. Uh, but just so you know, before we sign off here, you can always reach us via Instagram at OWP2019, SoundCloud at Our Wrestling Podcast, YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel, or you can do the easy thing, download WrestlePost. It's an app at no charge to you. You can get that on the Apple and Android platforms, and you can join us along with other great podcasts of the day. This is uh, David from the OWP signing off, along with Justin Cuz. 